Hello and welcome to Is This Really for Kids? Where I, your host, the attention, decide, hey, you know, is, is this our children? Can children watch this? Is this okay? And we, yeah, we go through kid shows and we decide and we talk about the morality and we get deep for two hours, maybe. I don't know. Why not? Today we are still on Harry Potter and we're doing Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, Harry Potter 3. Today, my wonderful guest for you is one of my good friends. He's also an actor, and he's my only friend that I know super well that's a parent. He's got a beautiful daughter who's in gymnastics, and as I was saying, spunky things. She's so cute. Anyway, here's my friend, Curtis. Curtis, Curtis Sonier. It's hard to spell. It's French. It's not hard to spell if you're French, uh, but um, it's so French that uh, when I'm flying Air France, they just start speaking to me in French. Um, you know, usually about the vegetarian meal I want on the plane. Um, Harry Potter is um, something that uh, I came along a little, it feels like a little late to. I didn't really get that it was even a thing until the uh, the Goblet of Fire, the fourth book. That was that was the, the, the first book I think that was really, uh, had a, a, a significant worldwide effect that even the mainstream media could not really ignore anymore. So that was the first experience I had. Um, very interestingly, I had a friend who worked at a bookstore at the time, very small independent bookstore in Colorado, and she expressed how the Harry Potter books were so popular that they changed worldwide paper supply. They changed worldwide publishing uh, you know, uh, expectations because you literally, you know, if you just wanted to release your little book and it was anywhere in the cycle that was needed for not just the main Harry Potter books, but also all the translations of them, you you literally had to scramble to find paper to print your book. Um, that's that's how incredibly popular they, they were. And, you know, I, I guess remain, but now it's it's more of a, it's less mm-hmm. that uh, that cultural moment of the book dropping and everybody scrambling to be the first one to buy it. Um, but I, when I really finally dove in, I think the first Harry Potter thing I really experienced was actually seeing the first movie. And, um, and after the first movie, I believe, is when I read the books. So the second movie is the first one I uh, saw where having any of the books, um, you know, read before, before seeing the films. Um, I currently have an eight-year-old daughter uh, who is very into Harry Potter, and I am reading her the books and uh, she's, you know, that's like kind of her bedtime story is reading the books. And um, that's she, the current, currently we're on uh, book six. We're about two thirds of the way through book six. And uh, she's finding this one a little more uh, boring. It's hard. I mean, it's hard to know if that's just her being eight and feeling her oats about what's interesting to her or <laughs> if it's really the, the context of the book. Because, uh, uh, you know, I know that it's like, honey, you got to stay with this because some stuff is going to happen in the end of this book that's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna rock your world that's the thing the sixth part yeah it takes a it takes a while to get interesting for sure so is this her first time going through the harry potters this is her first time yes um she's Aww. she's seen uh, we've seen um the first five movies i keep telling her let's wait to see the movies until we've read the books i don't know if over at her mom she's she's already seen all the movies i don't think so <laughs> But all the material is there. I mean, when you were a young, if you had come to Harry Potter as a young kid, or certainly, you know, I was a younger version of myself, 
the books were coming out, I think, every year or every other year or something like that. So there was a natural progression, you know, where you could age as a person until the sort of more mature things that were happening to um, all the kids yeah. in Hogwarts. You would experience them as a more mature person as the books were released. But she's eight. All the books are out and she wants to read them all. So, hey, yeah. this is also a moment. There's Every parent, I think, runs into some kind of moment of... All right, is this going to be appropriate for my kid or not? You know, and you just you you have to bite the bullet. And, and some things are obvious, obviously, and you keep them away from your from your kids. But some things are that gray area. This is fantasy. This is fun. This is um, mm -hmm. you know. Well, and things are so different. Even I think in the context of like when I was eight, which isn't that long ago, <laughs> right? Like almost almost twenty. It wasn't that long. And then, and now, like, the world, I think, moves at such a faster sure. pace. Like, I don't even know if my intention span now would know. Like, you'd have to go reread the books every year if you were going to kind of, like, wait for her to grow up with Harry Potter to, like, get the sure. world in her head. Because I feel like now there's, like, 18 million worlds going on in everyone's head because there's 18 million shows, which is great for us as actors. And that's, um, it's, uh, it's, it's great. And, and cool. this being so fresh and, uh, uh, you know, very happy to, to join in and, you know, Thea, I, and as we're talking about, I, I, I don't remember exactly how we met, but um, it's one of the great sort of uh, in-person now, obviously, but initial Facebook, I know it was somewhere on Facebook, somehow we met through a mutual friend. Yes. It's just one of the great um, Facebook and then real friendships, um, uh, you know, it's one of the great things. It's like literally one of the things that like, why is Facebook Aww. good? And it's like, oh, well, it's, it's good because I freaking <laughs> yeah. met Thea through this. Like, hello. Yeah. Oh, no, I feel the Worth same it. way. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I'm so glad you're doing yeah. this. We're going to have so much fun. So, okay, the third movie makes me mad, though, because it starts with him doing a spell and he's not supposed to do it over magic. And people have, like, talked about this uh, yeah. so much. But it's so... It is frustrating, but of directing. Because, like, that kind of stuff breaks the world. Well, it's... it And and not just breaking the world. I, and I've been trying, as I've been reading the books, too. Because this annoyed me, again, right away. And, and it's doubly uh, frustrating to see that device directorially because then something does happen where he very clearly is confronted with I've done magic outside of school mm -hmm. you know it's it's not just even that he's doing that right there and you're confused and like isn't he not supposed to do the thing but mm -hmm. then it, but I think and again this is not clearly defined really either in the book or in the movie in any way but it's it's is the illegality doing magic at all or doing magic in front of a muggle yeah, uh, I was always told that it was uh, until you are of wizarding age, which is 17, you are not allowed to do magic unsupervised, like outside of school. And you are definitely 100%, even if you are above the wizarding age, not allowed to do magic in front of a muggle unless you're like charming his brain to forget the magic that somebody has messed up and already done. Because they want their world to be kept a secret. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so then we meet the amazing exactly. Aunt Marge. Oh my goodness. Do you have any relatives that are like this aunt? Not, well, I have some relatives that I am loath to be around because of their racism. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, but I just, I'm not around them. I actually saw a few of them over the holidays, sort of Zoom brought there, you know, and the truly older generation that is truly 
truly unrepentantly racist, they've all pretty much passed on. Um, so these were the kids of those people and exactly their level of racism is maybe more ambiguous. Uh, but I, yeah, I got some, I got some racist, you know, I got some racist cousins, you know, that's or, or aunts and uncles, but somebody who is this, um, uh, rude you know, and brutish, r- yeah. rude and brutish and in your face about, I, uh, thankfully I, you know, cross, you say genuflect and say a prayer, but I don't have anybody in my family who's this. Um, you know, t- truly disgusting. Oh, I definitely, when my mom was married to my stepdad, this, like, was the energy of his family. Just really gruff and very, Ouch. like, oh, it was, Christmases were very intense. Ouch. He's got a rough poor Harry Potter. And then he's got a lie that he's at this, like, delinquent school, and she asks him if they use a cane. Like, can you imagine Okay. Well, yeah. I, I can't even imagine what you would do if the, your daughter had a cane used on her at school. Like, I feel like you would raise hell, right? Well, you know, again, me being, I think I'm twice as old as you. Just spoiler yeah. spoiler alert for everybody <laughs> out there who thinks I'm some hot young stud. Sorry, old dude. He's totally dateable, though. I'm, I'm totally dateable. I'm, 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 more, totally I'm dateable. more single than a bag of hammers, um, <laughs> to mix some metaphors. Uh, but... The, but being twice your age, the idea of corporal punishment in schools was a, an active debate when I was younger. Uh, the, wow. the vast majority of public schools, if they ever were using corporal punishment, had uh, pulled away from that. I think that the vast majority, but it was still an active debate. And, uh, and you know, should we keep and Catholic schools, I think, and, and other institutions maintaining corporal punishment was uh, was still a thing. So using the cane, you know, even, I mean, and especially if it's, this is supposed to be some sort of parochial school or something like that, using the cane as they hear, I think in, in the States who would more be using a paddle, but, you know, but using that, that's, you know, that is still yeah. a thing. Oof, I can't imagine. Uh, I don't, I don't know if there's even any evidence that violence is effective, is what I'm wondering. And I think like there's a big question in our society. Like, is this. Is this even doing anything good? <laughs> like... Well, and, and here's the thing. I think actually some of the recent evidence I have seen is that it actually, it's more, most likely that even an idea of corporal punishment, unless it's done in a very specific way, if it's done the way it's usually done, even if it's just, you know, come over here and spanking the kids, that it just has a traumatic effect. It just, yeah. it, it doesn't have a, a punitive learning effect. It has a traumatic effect. Well, and here's the thing, even as a kid, you're going to make a mistake. So if the first thing you realize when you make a mistake is that you get like violently punished, how is that going to help you on bettering your mistake? I feel like that's just going to breed shame and thus breed more mistakes and just cause chaos. Sure. No, happen. absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's very... And, and the main thing that it teaches is that your parents will hit you. That's the main thing. Oh. It, that's the main thing it yeah. teaches. It, 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 in, in terms of ideas of right or wrong or... It's it just is like there are some things your parents will hit you for. That's really the, the thing it teaches. I and as somebody who like my mom would use a wooden spoon uh, on our uh, tukuses, uh in very very rare circumstances, and I look back at that at the last time I even remember it happening, we were horrible. It was me and my two brothers, and like and we were you know around I was around five, so five, seven, and eight maybe or you know. And it, it, these are moments where we were truly horrible as, as kids, like truly horrible, you know, really as much as a kid brain can do, just actively justifying 
our rebellion and, and going against... I mean, just really, really... So this, these were very extreme circumstances. It's not like everybody who gets spanked is immediately damaged for life. But it's but as a parent now, again, I look at things like th- that and, and I examine those things with my um, ex uh, about what to do. And to me, it just comes up to it's it's lazy parenting at a, at, at a certain kind of at its best. At its very best, it's lazy parenting and it's mm-hmm. and it's giving in to anger. I uh, again, as part of the debate and it being a national debate, there was a moment where on a talk show years ago where. The host said, you know, we may think that it's that it's is teaching moment or it's all this thing. But when we do it, we're angry. Like when we really do it, we're we're angry. That's what's going on with us as parents. We're just angry. So that to me is the reason why it's it's just kind of I, I guess in an understated way. It's kind of lazy parenting. You're all you're really doing is giving into your anger. So, yeah, I remember my family used to just like lock me in a room all alone and now I definitely feel like that is how I deal when I'm angry or upset I like I'm like okay then I'm not talking to anybody and I don't know if that's good or bad but it's like it is weird how uh and such a hard thing I feel like for a parent to the way that you're going to punish your child will affect the way that they handle something probably for life like it is crazy how interconnected and formative those childhood years are sure sure well and and I feel it's better it's far better uh, life skill if you are really not approaching something. Yeah, I, how kids get they we're they're they're not being rational. They're not being rational. They're not being they're being kids, but it's not you know rational. It's a, it's a just a, a an overactive over just over everything. I think it's a much better life skill to just say go take a time out, go go sit somewhere and and you know not mm-hmm. in in some way as you kind of express now where you're just sort of forced to be apart from everything and and but it's like no you need two minutes you need three minutes whatever it is to just sit and readjust and that is that's a better life skill sitting down and Mm. whatever it is meditating just trying to clear your mind trying to not think about that thing and approach it from a different angle that's yeah. a better life skill just than exploding just exploding a glass like Harry Potter. There you go. Yes. Next, yeah. Exploding somebody's glass. And it's kind of goes on the thing that we're talking about. Aunt March goes and she says that if there's something wrong with the bitch, then there's something wrong with the pup because she's like a dog breeder. And that sure. weird thing of like, we're all talking about like the interconnectedness of like the parent and the child and kind of saying like, oh, if your parent does this, then your kid's going to do this. But I don't think that is 100% true. And I honestly think that's damaging especially when you have parents that aren't so great. Like both of my parents were addicts and like struggled a lot in their life. And it was, there was definitely always a fear for me. It was like, Oh, I'm going to go down that path because I'm like a hundred percent genetically wired. Like, and how like sure. damaging that can be. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, I have the same, you know, with my daughter's adopted and her uh, mother had all kinds of, her birth mom had all kinds of, um, uh, addiction issues mm. and, and things like that. There are things that we did a lot of research, uh, my ex and I, about what you know we might expect or what complications might occur. And um, you know, knock on wood, right now my daughter is uh, seeming to be a, a wonderfully healthy, Yay. incredibly intelligent, incredibly you know, like all she seems to have. You know, any idea about genetic X or Y, she seems to be, you know, rising above all that. I, I, for me, parenting, it becomes very, very clear that the whole nature versus nurture 
debate is just a false debate. It's both. It's one. It's absolutely both. I mm -hmm. did, there's no there is no way that we're only the sum of our genetics, and there is no way that we are uh, that our nurturing can't affect us wholeheartedly. Absolutely. Like it's 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 both. Yeah. And so then there's this beautiful scene. It's honestly a very good scene when Aunt March gets blown up. Uh, an amazing action sure. scene. <laughs> so cool. Uh, if only evil people could get blown up like that in real life and just float away, yeah. right? Uh -huh. Yeah, seeing that, my daughter was, was still, which is kind of a cool thing in terms of how I might be, you know, influencing her at a, at a moral level. She still was like, was that really okay? Was it really okay to blow her up? Like, even though she's, even though Aww. she's as horrible as she is, it's like, was that really okay? And, you know, you just sort of, well, this is just a movie and it's, it's, it's fantasy and it's fun. But you know what? Maybe, maybe sometimes people, they deserve to have something happen. That's, you know, she's, yeah. she's blowing her up as a little cray cray. But And March will definitely be different yes. after this. I don't know <laughs> if she will be good, but she might... She might think twice before she She, she gonna change. Is, she gonna change. Yeah. And that is like something I've been reading a lot of books on abuse and kind of how to heal from it and mm. and what to do when other people are in abusive situations. And the thing is, is that like the person who is abusing, they are not going to be able to change until they realize that they are the problem. Sure, sure. And of course, Aunt March might just blame that on something else. So, oh well, but we never see her again, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, she gone. <laughs> she gone. Bye-bye, Margie. Yeah. <laughs> So then Harry starts packing, but then he, like, kicks a lamp because he's 13, you know, all the angst. Um, <laughs> uh, it's like, I remember being 13, kicking lamps, you know. Just... The, this, is so, this is so funny, too. The, the funniest thing is that, and, and the whole, all the scenes of Privet Drive and whatever, I, I think when I read these kind of books and kind of picture these books, and I, when I'm, you know, definitely starting when I was younger and all through this, I almost picture them happening in my house. You know, so I would picture this happening kind of in my house at the mm -hmm. time. And the way that they did do Privet Drive, they make it so much more miserable and so much more claustrophobic than my yeah. images that I had in my head. Because that just, that, I mean, the, the hallways even there look oh, yeah. so small that, like, Uncle Vernon oh, has to walk tiny, sideways yeah. in the through, you know, as, as, as much as his girth is. And if it, I mean, it really, they do a great job of that. So it's, it, it looks, it looks like a place where you'd want to yeah. kick a lamp or something just to kind of get out of it. So Yeah. And then I always relate to in this movie of where he like takes all of his stuff after the fight and then is just like sitting on the street. I know like <laughs> so many, I went through a period of that when I, you would be like kicked out of the house by the person, which is great parenting by the way. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, amazing. <laughs> That's exactly what And all your thinking. problems went away. Yeah. I feel like that honestly has to be a sizable proportion of the homeless population is just kicking kids out of oh, yeah. houses. Oh, yeah. Sure. You don't like something. Like, there are so many more effective solutions, I feel I've, like. I've known, uh, I, I knew one back in uh, uh, school who was, wow. yeah, I, I knew some. Um, we fostered um, a, a, a kid uh, back in school who, who uh, would, absolutely, I, I, it happens. Um, terrible. You know, parents just give up. I, I don't know what I don't know what it, that's what it looks like. I mean, I, I don't, yeah. don't really know the full story of what's going on, but it looks like the parents just give up, uh, which well, is don't a have a kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't have a kid in the first <laughs> don't place. Have a kid. Don't, don't 
isn't, isn't there enough evidence about how screwed up kids can be and how much yeah. patience you how much patience you have to have and how much you, isn't there they're not an, objects they're not a they're, light bulb you can't it's, turn yeah, them off you yeah you can't there's no setting <laughs> for them they're people um, oh oh that we wish there were <laughs> i know oh, but but no but you can't i mean as a parent you got to have i have i've been amazed actually that i have so much patience for this kind of thing and again my daughter is adorable so when she and she's just this gorgeous little kid and when she gets really mad and she really starts storming i it's there's still some part of me that just thinks it's so cute so i so i i don't know if that helps or hurts yet but i have to check myself sometimes to just stop from laughing because when she gets when she does something that's totally irrational, like like kicks a lamp, like he's still, like like that's solving anything or anything. When he just you know he's just being angry. When there's just that angry lashing out and just and and saying something that's just so irrational. Sometimes it's just flat out funny. Like like yeah. if you if you take it out of the context of the moment, it's just flat out funny. And I have to, you know, I don't want to make it worse. And I care about her so much that I really care about the feelings that she's having that I have to. It's like let's hold on to how funny that is for a moment and not laugh, and instead just address my daughter just uh, being, you know, being emotional. Um, so it's 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 a jungle gym in your head that you have to go through as a parent. Oh, but it is sometimes kind of funny when you're you're not the person that's being angry and you see somebody handling their anger in a silly way, and you're like, oh, yeah. that's ridiculous. Oh, it's uh, friggin' hilarious. Which is, <laughs> it kind of brings us to where serious who is the grim is this like dog and then at this moment before he accidentally summons the night buzz he like barks at him and it's like that's your god sincere like really you think that was like the best way to make an introduction was just to like bark it's just a bark here's 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 the thing too that you wonder how much of that we just talked about lazy parenting you wonder how much of that is just a lazy bit of filmmaking where where you know the the best thing for the story kind of going forward is for Harry and the other kids at Hogwarts to be kind of afraid of the idea of a gr- the Grimm. Yeah. So so kind of the lazy thing to do was to have him be threatening when he first came out. But that's but if that's really, you know, it, and I guess they, they want the element of surprise that that the Grimm is serious yeah. and they, they want that. But in a way, that's kind of lazy. It's like, yeah, oh, maybe a sure. dog, maybe a dog coming out would be a little you've never seen this before it's a big dog whatever so that would be a little frightening for harry but to show the dog as you said barking and being a little threatening to show that to the whole audience it's like what the hell this is serious then you're left with well serious is kind of a dick isn't he coming out and barking at his grandson godson there absolutely it is weird that in the universe that we've never even heard of serious black before that the first time he finds out is like on the night bus through the daily prophet and i guess he's like 13 but it still feels like sure. i feel like he would have heard this story in book one obviously she probably didn't know that this was the story back then so it's just like you know writing a series that isn't super plotted well, out. sure but but here well and that's and that's there there are elements of that too that that, that i don't mm-hmm. think there was a giant uh plot arc outline you know stapled to a wall mm-hmm. somewhere that that showed the journey and and it, and it came about more organically and and some part of this were made, just made up as a went along which it makes sense but one thing to uh, i guess one thing to say because he was at that point just a prisoner in azkaban for life or whatever you know how often do we talk about prisoners like how often in life do we, do we talk about prisoners and yeah. tell the story of that particular prisoner and uh, it is i totally get the 
how incongruous it seems that suddenly this story is everywhere and it wasn't anywhere before. But the reason why it's everywhere is because he broke out. Yeah. yeah. And I get that. I feel like I talk about, I guess I don't talk about like every person, but there's definitely like, I feel like I have talked about the OJ Simpson trial and like ridiculous serial sure. killer murderings more than I ever would have thought yeah. in my life. So I feel like I do talk a little bit about I got you. I got you. Hey, do people, but, if there's yeah. a, if there's a hint of, you know, cannibalism in the air. People bring up Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's weird that there's like a fame yeah. crime. Yeah. So strange. So, do you think the shrinking heads on the bus? Do you think they're like racist, or are they away for more? No. He, well, oh yeah. Very yeah. I, I, honestly, the <laughs> the diversity in the film is hard to. I think what might be missing with that equation is, I think that's an English thing. I think that's an English thing because the mm. the it's England that colonized Jamaica and England had a governor there. It was a uh, an English territory up until I think the seventies. Um, it, it, you know, is when it is when they wow. got independence, full independence from uh, full autonomy from Britain. So, in terms of a, that's almost something that a somebody who's Afro English would need to. Uh, clarify that rather than us Americans because for us as Americans you know I mean the whole minstrel culture and and blackface minstrel culture that is so offensive uh, here just isn't as understood in Europe so a a little bit more in England and and honestly the the English don't get a pass because that vaudeville kind of thing they went over and tried to get money from the English too you know also, England is just as responsible. That's like one of my biggest things when people are like, oh, I can't believe America did this. And it's like, actually, worldwide, I think people still probably have slaves in some yeah. like country, which is terrible as it is, or or like indentured servants, at least. It's like, hey, slavery is yeah. unfortunately a worldwide thing. This is a worldwide trauma, a worldwide yeah, well, Which trauma. is why it's the, the Black Lives Matter yeah. protests, when they really went, they did go worldwide. What it would, because, it, because it was a moment for the whole world. Yeah to realize, hey, we, you know, that whole continent and all the people who look like they were from that continent, you know, that whole African everything that is not respected properly. And that that is, and and black lives have not mattered the way others have, you know, and it was, it was a moment for, for all the reasons you talked about and everything. It it was a moment where the whole world had to step up and say that. So this one being racist, I, 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 you know, it feels a little that way. It feels a little minstrelly to us as Americans. But yeah. honestly, someone uh, English who has had more of that West Indies, yeah. Jamaican culture in around, maybe it wasn't. Maybe, as you said, it was just like, oh, there's a diverse, you know, uh, uh, Jamaican dude that could be. Yeah, it's, you know. Yeah, I'm represented. <laughs> yeah. I definitely feel like Hollywood does have a long way to go in representing people and not having, like, if. They want to tell a story about race and that's what the thing is about is great but i also hate when they like force the race narrative because it's like if i was black right and i was cast it's like why can't i just play like the evil you know what i mean the evil stepsister or the evil like boyfriend right or like the tool boyfriend why do you and i understand that it's like important and and it is but it's like can you give them a break because those poor people have to deal with their race every right can they just have like the fun and freedom that I feel like, and I know some shows do it and some shows don't, but I, I feel like a bunch of shows always have to add the like heavy race plot line. And it is interesting, but sometimes it's yeah. like it doesn't fit yeah. in the that's world. A, that's you a know tough, what I'm saying? that's a tough nut to crack. That's a tough nut to uh, crack. It, Hollywood, 
Oh, yeah, no, and, and yeah. Hollywood in particular, uh, film is. Sure. Um, I, I had a, a course in college about it was called Blacks in the Cinema, and the one of the main textbooks from it was a book called mm-hmm. Toms, Coons, Mulattoes, Mammies, and Bucks, and basically those things were that was the black presence in Hollywood from pretty much the earliest days of cinema, say the the 20s, the teens and 20s, up until about the 60s. So 40 years, the very beginnings of Hollywood, that was pretty much it. And, and, and in terms of, I mean, in terms of on television, there were just no black people. There were just, there were just, there was just nobody, somebody, somebody walking around as a maid every day. And that was it. So, you know, I think it happens a little, the, the change and that increase in representation can happen more rapidly in Hollywood, but it's just so caked in. It's the, uh, the origins of Hollywood, that those first 40 years, yeah. 40, 50 years, origins of Hollywood, it was Tom's, Coons, Malachos, Mammies, and Bucks, period. That was it. There was never any deviation from that. Wow. Insane. All right. Talking about... Uh terribly run things uh the the (laughs) minister of magic is this is seen as so weird to me because well one they have this like weird kind of feels like uh frankenstein henchman guy that like doesn't really work in the world this direction of this movie is all over the place and i don't know if it's supposed to reflect like how you feel as a person all over the place at 13 but anyway Mm. The minister of magic is like so nice to him about blowing up his aunt. He's like, we don't send people to prison for uh, blowing up their aunt. You know, I'm like, maybe they should. But very weird because he's so smiley here. And then like two books later, he's got like a full criminal trial for uh, using a spell yeah, yeah. in honestly a better way than he used here. But they all warn Harry that sure, sure. running away is bad because of the protection spell that isn't really talked about in the movies, but is very highly discussed in the books because uh, his mom died and had that protection spell. So yes. he runs yes. away from the Dursley's house. It's not there somehow. Mm-hmm. He's putting himself in much more danger with Sirius Black on the loose at, you know, at, at, uh, uh, that he didn't really know about. Uh, but um, actually, I think this scene is weirder with the context of what you talked about, that two books later, he's actively trying. I mean, the ministry actively plotted in two books later to try and get him in enough trouble to expel him. Like they actively tried, actively tried a major misinformation. So I think that this is weirder in that mm, context. Yeah. When I first watched it, it was like, oh, how nice. I love the. Min- I'm glad the ministry is sure. so understanding, right? And now you're like, ew, why is fun yeah, a piece yeah. of crap? Like, that's... that's- <laughs> Context there you go. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah. when when uh, when they when you're doing what they want or they feel that they can control you, they can be super super nice. But as soon as you're not doing what they right. want, um, you know, it's all uh, you know teeth bared and, and uh, knives out. So yeah. So then we meet Crookshanks, Hermione's cat. He kind of disappears over this uh-huh. film thing, but he's here. Yep. He's so he's cute. There. And Ron is yes. yelling at Hermione because Crookshanks keeps going after the liar who betrayed Harry's family, but we don't know that yet, but yes. it's... Uh, we don't know that yet. But it's very funny when you do know that and you watch this scene. And then Hermione is like, just chill out. Like, Egypt worship cats love my pussy. Solid. Solid. But the focus on the rat here, I will say, because there is some good direction in this. Like, the focus on the rat mm. in this particular scene is very clear, 
which is kind of cool. Yeah. Like it's like a subtle thing that you don't notice until you come back. And and they have a scabbers moment in one of the earlier films, in in one or two, which is which I had forgotten. I I thought mm-hmm. suddenly he's got this rap, but no, they had they had it in the air. It, it, it's almost. Yeah, they've had yeah. several moments. Yeah, with him, he's always had at least like a little bit. It's weird to think that he's yeah, yeah. during That's... all of it. Yeah. Wild. So Mr. Weasley then breaks Ministry Code to tell Harry that Sirius is after him and don't go look for him because he's going to kill you. And they explain that like Sirius is Voldemort's faithful servant. Yeah. And I'm like, who isn't at this point? Besides like twenty people, it seems like it's just like everybody likes Voldemort still. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We're well, having and that's, a moment and, of that right now in America. <laughs> that, yes, we are having a moment too. But that, that's also a matter. Of, that's also a matter of screen time in the films. Yeah. I mean, that's part. It's like in the books, you're running into all kinds of people who are just. Most of them are students, but there are all kinds of people who are just nothing in particular. You know, Angelina Johnson's just on the on the Quidditch team. Mm-hmm. You know, like Wood, he's just on the Quidditch team. You know, you get all those people who are just the people. But yeah, here, but yeah, in terms of the really interesting people that you run into uh, in this film, it's either uh, somebody who's clearly, clearly not uh, in Voldemort's camp or someone who clearly is. Yeah. And and some of that's just, uh, that's just cinematic devoice. Yes. This is the one thing, too, where you mentioned sort of Mr. Weasley sort of breaking code. I think they have kind of a bit of a discussion like this in the book but it's more kind of Harry asking questions than than Mr. Weasley sort of deliberately taking him aside, if if I remember that. So so some of this is yeah. I mean some of this is just where it looks like oh he's breaking code and you have to you know do this thing and is this how how above board or I think Mr. This... Weasley was definitely right in telling him. I don't yes. think yeah I think yeah. it was I think it's wrong that they haven't told him the full story, but we'll get yeah. to that. Uh, so yeah. we go to. The spookiest train ride ever. Spooky, spooky. I honestly feel like when I was little, the Dementors were way scarier than when I rewatched this movie. I was like really like stressing out about watching this movie, and I was like, oh, I'm not ready to see the Dementors. Like it's gonna mess with me. And then I saw them, and I was like, what? Like why am I? Why do I think they're worse? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I tell you, my daughter had a, a a pretty intense reaction to you know they're very much very much a hide your face behind the covers kind of moment when these things oh. are coming out. And, so they must uh, look different as a kid. Like, I wonder if your eyes like adjust yeah, and then yeah. the special effect is different. I don't know. It's crazy. But yes. luckily, yeah, I was going to say, uh, luckily Lupin saves the day. So it's not a huge moment. And he just like doesn't even say Expecto Patronus. He just like does it like a boss. <laughs> um, and then... What was that? A silent spell? Silent spell boss. Were just... Yeah, really. That's what he... He's just read it. And it's, it's so sad because like the Dementors make Harry hear his mom's, like, death scream, oh, yeah. oh, which that's... is traumatizing. I, th- I have to say, I think the, um, uh, in terms of, what, what's interesting in terms of the dynamic of the world, too, and again, there, there is a classism involved in this whole world that we don't get as Americans, that isn't quite, um, exp- you know, it's not translatable, because, because the classism still within English society it's we, we don't quite get but this is these Dementors they're properly done by this film and by uh, just their very nature and, and the way they're described by uh, uh, J.K. Rowling as as these truly 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 terrible things like I mean they're truly awful uh, entities yeah. but they, 
they're like a depression metaphor for sure. They have to be. Yes. It sucks uh, the soul you know, out of you. In a big way, like an indescribably uh, thing. But also, they're they're under the employ at this point of the Ministry of Magic. It's like there it's something that's so horrible and so heinous that's yeah. still being used by the upper ministers to to sort of try to control it to keep the bad people oh, away. Oh, absolutely. Also, it would be terrible to be attacked by dementors if you were on a diet and your thing is like chocolate and sweets. Oh. It's like, that sucks. Here. Just let out your pants now. Let out yeah. your pants now. So and, then they and... have this random choir song in it where they do double, double, toil and trouble. Really? I mean, it's great. It's unnecessary, but it's cool. It's 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 actually so unnecessary <laughs> and so it's, it's, I have to say it's one of my least favorite moments in all the Harry Potter yeah, films. Yeah, it doesn't just, work. Yeah. I know that they have doesn't a work. choir. I think that, or they've at least mentioned it in the movies that they have a choir, but it feels weird. It doesn't feel like that is the song that the choir would sing. It feels so forced. The, it honestly feels like someone in the uh, special effects department made these really cool giant frogs and they wanted to show them off. Like, that's what it feels. I mean, it just... Oh, absolutely. It, it's one, one of my least favorite. Uh, um, yeah. Speaking scenes. about least favorite, so then Malfoy makes fun of Harry and is like, "Oh, is it true you fainted? Like actually fainted?" But this guy, he like booked it in the forest the first year. The minute he saw Voldemort, of course, staying for a year. He like moans in the hospital after the Quidditch match last year. He's, he's so. He, he's he's the, yes. He's um, you know, and and I can I can hang with that. I don't I don't mind when villains are. Uh, there's there's a there's a much more modern thing to villain for villains to be nuanced and, and things like that. I don't mind at all when villains are completely. He's you know if all the yeah. things you mentioned it almost makes him kind of like cartoonishly a bully because that's because that's all bullies yeah. are are really thin skinned and and actually actively working out there and they absolutely turn tail at the first sight of danger and they absolutely you know milk oh, yeah. their. Yeah. I would have been you know, bad things that happen and they milk them for every advantage. <laughs> I would have been I would have loved it. He's a great character. <laughs> oh sure. Oh jeez. I mean it was it's like really you you want to put him in a black hat and a twirly mustache? I got no problem with that. I think that's great. And some and people you, are. Some as people a, like love evil oh, sure. as a like aesthetic. I don't Sure. It's crazy. That's I, you know, I, that's uh, yeah. I, you're, everything you said. He, he, like literally, his his character is the, is the personification of a bully. Yeah. In every way. So then, some good news at least is that Hagrid is a teacher. Uh, yay! Yeah. But then the bad news is that Hogwarts is playing host to Dementors, which I was like, I literally wrote in my notes, "Wow, Hogwarts!" Like very disappointed in you. Yeah. Um, that's and that's even yeah, Dumbledore. He's like, oh, give them no reason to harm you, but um, children have a right to safety. Like, there's a reason to harm yeah. children. Excuse <laughs> me, old man. Like <laughs> this again. This is this is one of these moments where where the the upper class, the ministry, the upper class of the magic world of of anything is taking extreme measures for you know quote u- utilizing the the most abysmal. Uh, what is one of the foulest creatures on this earth, you know, uh, use, utilizing these extreme measures for your safety, you know, quote unquote, for your safety. That's, oh yeah, oh yeah, but let's endanger kids by keeping, you know, let's keep kids safe by by completely irresponsibly yeah. endangering them. That's that's a But we get a great Dumbledore quote Woo-hoo! where happiness can be found even in the darkest of times if only one remembers to turn oh, on the yes. light. That's a great, there's a bunch of great Dumbledore quotes in this one. 
there are good questions. I, I have to say that that um, one of the things that's really endearing about the books too is that the books are littered with mm-hmm. wonderful great quotes like that. There's 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 a wonderful one in in the first um, uh, in, the, in the Sorcerer's Stone where it's like it's something like you know how you some things create bonds of friendship that just can't be broken and defeating a cave troll in the bathroom is one of those things it's like you know it's like there's so many great quotes and then they're trying to get into the dormitory but they can't because the fat lady is like scream singing uh, trying to do opera to break a glass and it's like there's a killer on the loose (laughs) this is it's like and i feel like that is that feels like people like not wearing masks or being so irresponsible with covid right that is literally you are the fat lady just take just to context yourself you're the fat lady right now um. <laughs> you got a fat lady in a portrait. What are you doing? Oh. I love that actress, by the way. This is this is one of the one of the wonderful things about the uh, um, the film. She's um, what what's her last name? Uh, French? Is that? I have Dawn no French? idea who she is. I think who she's great that? as a fat lady. But I think <laughs> yeah. I think I don't. I I yeah. think that's Dawn French, who is um, was I, I think that, who was part of a team French and Saunders, Jennifer Saunders, and Jennifer Saunders was um, took one of the characters from their things, and that was absolutely fabulous. If you know oh, that, cool. that's Jennifer I'll Saunders. Uh, and so that's, that's yeah, that's Dawn French, I believe is that. And she's okay. absolutely wonderful. Speaking of other she's wonderful great. things, uh, there's like these snacks that they're using that make animal sounds. I want that snack so bad. Oh, and yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> there, <laughs> there are so many moments. Of it. The, one, one of the reasons why this is actually one of my favorite movies in the, in the series is because it has all these... Uh, you know, these are some of the kind of uncomfortable moments. These kids are all, and you mentioned, you know, sort of, is he really 13? Mm-hmm. He looks older and all, you know, and what the and what the actors, how the actors are physically growing up. All these kids are, yeah. you know, it's 13. You're going through some kind of sexual awakening, oh, like looking at the other kids. So the the way that they, the, the, the filmmakers uh, kind of, the material doesn't necessarily allow you to address that because... It's not yeah. what the books are about. It's not about you know, but but kids are being kids, and the way that that there are these moments of like, yeah, all these kids are getting into some freaky stuff right now, and that's you know, and and, and one of the and they they're taking these um you yeah, know, I guess instead of steam. one yeah. of the bad kids bringing in blowing off steam, instead of one of the bad kids bringing in some yeah. weed or something like that, they're bringing in these things that make you you oh, know yeah. roar like a lion, we which is go freaking out of awesome. If these snacks. Were. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then they do like a transitional scene and we see this Whomping Willow kill a bird. And I wonder how many animals does a Whomping Willow tree like kill in a year? There's got to oh. be like a cleanup crew yeah. just going around. It, yeah. Feathers. If you want, if you need some exotic feathers for a, an art project, just hang yeah, around right? the Whomping Willow for a second. Any and, taxidermy uh, people? You know, this is what you need is your own tree. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I, I mean, he would just, he would just pulverize. They could, they could fix it. They're the crappy. way that won't be. <laughs> <laughs> just a way. I love, I love how it's just a little explosion yeah. of fle- feathers, and, and it's just yeah. burp, chirp. And so then know, we go great. to di- deviation class, which is Hermione's hates it, right? which is funny. I know. Deviation. And then I love her because she like literally goes up to one of the kids and she's like, "Is your grandma well?" And they're like. I think so. And she's like, oh, dear. And I'm, what the hell? Like, if that happened to me in class, I'd be like, I have to go immediately and, like, talk to my grandma? Um, yes. Yeah, uh, really. The, the, um, uh, the, and, and, and another another one of these treats, another uh, great actress that's uh, yeah. Emma Thompson. Yeah, oh. Um, this, this film, 
This film has two of the great <laughs> Emmas in Hollywood. You get the great, you know, uh, and she's she's great. I think I think it's so hilarious that you know she was married for a good yeah, while to Kenneth Gilbert. Branagh, who played yeah. played Lockhart. Yes, and I think it's hilarious that they're both uh, you know in this and and playing the parts that oh, they yeah. are. It's I great. ship she's, them she's as so both of this. those characters. I still ship them in real life, even though I think it ended. But R.I.P. Sure, <laughs> sure. So, Oh, hey, all you got to do to Bronn is just <laughs> add those teeth. That's all you got to do. Uh, so then Ron sees this wonky cross because they're doing like tea leaf readings and he decodes it as uh, you're going to suffer. Uh, there's like childhood suffering and the sudden happiness. So he says, he's like, you're going to suffer, but you're going to be happy about it. And I was like, literally the end of the series. Yeah. That is how this is summed up. He's like, he suffered, but he was happy. There you so go. a weird prediction. Well, hey, in a way, that's kind of a nod to, hey, maybe these yeah. tea leaves work, baby. I definitely you know? felt comfort in a tea maybe leaf reading tea... once upon a time. They're always fun to do, just for funsies. Sure. Sure. I had, I, it, just as a real quick aside, I had a psychic reading once. My, my mom, uh, um, about four years ago, said, go to this woman just to do that. And I was amazed at how incredibly unintuitive she was. Like, like, like really? <laughs> it's like, really? I mentioned I got some... So this kind of issue and you think that's going on i was amazed so so i you know i just basically had to tell my mom a, a couple of years later so like, oh, yeah, yeah, she was a bad psychic like she was she was bad this woman wasn't intuitive at all I, you know so a lot of them just keep it vague for sure. sure oh no she, that's the thing and, and maybe that's why she, you know if you're gonna get specific be right like she, yeah. or, or not even be right be close <laughs> like mm-hmm. she wasn't even close hello Ugh. Yeah. So then we find out that Hermione is taking ancient runes, but then Ron is smarter than the movies have led him beyond and even the books because he's like, ah, that's not possible. It's at the same time. But then they're distracted by going to Hagrid's Mm -hmm. class where they have to stroke the spine of the monster book. But poor Neville. There we go. That's another one of the that's another one of these moments where the filmmakers get to drop in a little burdening sexuality metaf- metaphor you know and moment oh, yeah. yes hey everybody stroke the, the stroke the spine to to quiet the monster hello come yeah. on neville is totally too fighting because he's actually like a very handsome young man yeah. right and they like make him ugly they like give him ugly teeth i was like the joy it would be to be that actor that you have to be made ugly, yeah there you go right? oh like, geez you talk about made ugly too it it, it occurs in the, the um the actress who's um a play, plays luna lovegood Oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. When when she when she you know as as they say oh you clean up nice oh my goodness does she clean up nice she's oh, a I think she's cute as Luna she's cute as she's cute as Luna she's got a nice but she is that is a absolutely gorgeous woman this yeah. is one of these moments too where in Hollywood um, the you know Hollywood is actually rife with the way they manipulate the look of actresses and and who is uh, better looking and who is worse looking I mean you know the the yeah. fact that uh, Mina oh I'm blanking on her last name it's Russian. But uh, she plays the AT&T lady or whatever. The way that they would uglify her down is just like what they do with Neville. That is a beautiful, and I met her personally, and that is a beautiful, beautiful woman. And the way that they will just take and and ugly them down for, for certain purposes is just, it's like, what the hell, man? Yeah. I think she was battling with anorexia, and that's how she got this part. It's pretty cool. Oh, well, uh, there you go. We'll talk about it more in the other ones. Oh, yeah. uh, so then we meet 
Buckbeak, um, and I love in the scene, like, they're like, who volunteers and everybody backs up and it's like, Harry, I definitely feel like that was my entire <laughs> public school experience. It was like, yeah. okay, I guess I'll do it. And then he ends up like, it ends up going successful, even though it was like a bit dodgy there for a second. And then he like just flies around on Buckbeak and... I'm like, what is the class doing as he's just flying around sure. on the assignment? Like, do they just Picking just waiting around? Like, saying, he... "Oh, it was nice to know Harry. Yeah. He's often Did he dead." Right miss now, the yeah. lesson? Like, was is Hagrid like explaining? And then on the test, Harry's gonna be like, "I don't know. I was writing this yeah, was, way." Yes, exactly. I was riding a damn butt peak. What do I know? <laughs> but then Malfoy gets jealous because I honestly think Malfoy has like a homoerotic crush on Harry Potter and just like has to be doing whatever Harry Potter is doing. He's, he like has some weird obsession. He's actually <laughs> he's actually remarkably uh, uh, asexual and or this is another Hollywood thing particularly how sort of asexual slash androgynous he is. Uh, yeah, and, you know, and 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 he's obviously also the evil one. That's a very that's a whole other Hollywood yeah. kettle of fish about Oof, I know how right? villain, about how villains are portrayed. Yeah, for sure. But I also could you could also see it is that he's only being evil because his homosexuality is repressed, right? Like his yes, oh sure, shoved down. So he like there's not a safe opening for it. So you could argue, but he also one hundred one hundred percent. It is. Yeah. I personally like. I would feel honored and love to play a gay villain. Um, but you know, I understand because I don't feel like. I think we need to stop pretending. And I mean, it's terrible if Hollywood screenwriters who have done that have been like, oh, it's this person's like homosexuality that makes them evil or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, it's yeah. usually, it's usually how people treat their homosexuality that makes them evil. Yes. Right. Or however. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's absolutely. Well, and, and, and the, the main thing with that too, is just that it's contrary to mm-hmm. the actual demographics of you know, yeah. evil people in the world. The actual the actual demographics of them follow the demographics of society there, and and particularly American society. They're mostly white. Uh, you know, in terms of the really really evil ones. I mean, not the people who actually get incarcerated, but in terms of the really really evil ones like serial killers or, or really, they're mostly white. They're mostly yeah. straight. Absolutely. Let's let's, let's be That's real. That's what happens. That's you know, but they're portrayed in Hollywood as as these you know the the deviant sexuality that's that's connected to evilness is um you know hollywood is rampant with that and it's and it it actively does i mean that's the thing that that kind of pisses me off is like yeah that's not even it's like it's not even true it's that doesn't even reflect the demographics of the of the truly you know the people who are really locked up in in maximum security etc it doesn't even follow yeah it's crazy i know he has to go to the hospital because buckby he thinks killed him or like poisoned yes. well, him. Yes, well, he did. He did it. Did you see his yeah. head go flying in one direction and the other? He's just, oh, no. you he know. He hams it up. He's such a, <laughs> he's just a repressed actor, I feel like, yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> so many things repressed. So then it's Defense Against the Dark Arts class and Ron notices that Hermione just pops in because he's got a crush on Hermione, right? So how would you no, know where she, why she got in so much? Harry is clearly yeah. oblivious. Um, Sure. So they learn the spell ridiculous, and Malfoy has another one of my favorite lines where he's like, "This class is ridiculous. He's such an edge lord. Like I can't." <laughs> so, and then Lupin, uh, the best teacher of all time, 
Mm-hmm. And he gets Neville to demonstrate first and, like, helps Neville build this confidence because yeah. it is absolutely terrible. This kid's worst fear is a professor at a school that he has to go to to learn there magic. That's awful. <laughs> like, fire Snape. I I can't. I am not on the bag wagon of, like, because of the way that the movies ended of, like, loving Snape. I'm like, Snape was terrible and he didn't yeah. need to be at mm-hmm. all. Yeah. I also, though, I do disagree with Lupin, and I think it, later he kind of admits that it was a mistake, that he, like, jumps in front of Harry's turn at the sure. Bogart to, like, do the worst fear the thing. Murder. Because he thinks it's going to turn into Voldemort, even though it was going to turn into a Dementor. Uh, Lupin's is the moon, by the way. Which I have to say, I was, exactly a, little, I was a little to, disappointed but... that they made it so obviously the moon in the movie. Because in the book, in the book, it's like it was yeah. some weird glowing orb. What could it possibly be? In the movie, it's it's the moon. Come on, it's it's the moon. Yeah, it's clearly ah. the moon. Yeah, yeah, that is a missed yeah, opportunity. Yeah. But I feel bad for it because it's like he gets opportunities and stuff taken away because of his trauma. Sure. Because he's had to force, and I've like definitely felt that of like you yeah. get treated Absolutely. differently, and then I, I, in a I weird have to way, you just are even different. just even in terms of being an actor, I have to yeah. remind myself that I'm the different one. Like most pe most people have no desire to to perform. Most people, you know, I might mm-hmm. have some nervousness and fear around public speaking or or engaging. Yeah. In, you know, I'll have some. Ner- I think the nervousness is usually there because it matters. That's, sure, so much, sure. Right? You it matters more than other people who can just be like whatever. You know, it's it, it's really the it's the nervousness it. of of I hope I don't screw this up. Not the nervousness yeah. of oh my god I'm going to die. Which is most people. Most mm-hmm. people are like they have no compulsion or no desire to perform and I'm like oh I could never do that and oh I can never like they really that's most people like the the wow. we who want to go out and perform we're the we're the cuckoo ones we're the ones who are are <laughs> who are seriously deviant from society in that way it's like we know most people d- actively don't want to do it and but it's so much it's fun, so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> give me a freaking script I want to do it now <laughs> oh, I know right yeah, but poor Harry cannot have fun. Nope. He can't go to Hogsmeade because no one will sign his permission slip. And it is so sad. Like, I should have just... I wish that he just faked the signature. Like, would they have questioned sure. yeah, him? Especially and, with the, but I love that he's honest here. Yeah. He's like, I'm not going to. I have integrity. Oh, that's, <laughs> I would oh, that's, oh, and, and that's, very, that's another thing that's very, very English. Like, the fact that it wasn't... Mm-hmm. The fact that that forgery of a, of a document by the parents of it was not even considered by him. He, he thought, oh, McGonagall, you, you can stay, stay up, you know, you, you know the situation and you could... The fact that he never even did that, very, very English. Oh, yeah, my brother would have forced the damn signature. <laughs> I feel bad. I would have, too. <laughs> no, but it's not fair because it's like it's a totally different circumstance. Sure, sure. you got to make your way in life. That's America. Yeah, it's like, yeah. cheat the rules. It's unfortunate, but... <laughs> I also feel bad that his friends were like, okay, bye. Like, they didn't even... I think I would... If I was Hermione, I would have stayed if I had known... Oh, no. Like, knowing a situation as a friend... No, I no, 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 no. But she, but she likes Ron. She was she wants... Oh, I you know. know. They get to go off and do... You know, that's... I get it. But at least it ends us up with this brilliant... It's a beautiful scene between him and Lupin. Mm. And how Lupin is like, wow, you're really wise because what you fear is fear. Uh, and then we kind of realize that what Harry sees with the Dementors is that it's his mom being murdered, which, mm. Jesus mm. Christ, mm. like, I can't imagine. I don't even have a, the most amazing relationship with my mom, and that would definitely 
I don't think I'd be able to ever speak again yeah, if I that's... saw anything close. Whoosh. And then we have the mother's eyes that Harry has his mother's eyes compliment that is in almost I think every movie until yeah. the end at this point. Yeah, uh, that's right. Take a shot, play a drinking yeah. game, play hey. any sort of bets. Uh, it's like you know, you would I, I don't think you'd get schnockered on that, but you'd get you'd get a nice buzz. You'd get a nice buzz, yeah. You get a buzz, yeah. Very it's a safe, safe drinking, drinking game, yes. this one. <laughs> Uh, but at least Lupin adds in another comment that we never hear about how she was like kind too, and she saw beauty yeah, when no one else that's, could. Yeah, that's that's very those those elements are very lovely, and and it's almost yeah. like way better than just the woman's eyes. Yeah. Yes, talk about her kind heart. Absolutely, that's very, okay. and it's and it's almost and what's really nice about that too, and what what's one of these moments that makes Harry an even more endearing hero is that the, is that that's an admission that like you're doing that too. Like you're, you've got mm-hmm. your mother's eyes. She saw beauty where no one else could. That means that's in you to do that too. And that's that's a, a lot of what's going on for him. Is it you know, yeah. in, in wanting to save people. And it so hits me, it. yeah, that his like Lupin's friends they're they're dead, right? Yeah. Those are two of his best friends. They are gone. Like we never get to see really other people's grief as much. Sure. And this is, oh, I can't imagine. Oh. But then the fat lady is gone and the portrait is ripped and torn Ooh. and they're like, round up the ghost, which I love. I would love to have ghosts be like, can you go search for this? Yeah. Uh, that would be the helpfulest ghost ever. But they find the fat lady relatively quickly and she says that she saw Sirius Black and that his eyes are like the devil because he's had his like soul suck in, sucked in prison. Sure. So it makes sense. Um, oh, he's like the devil. Which, like, yeah. Yes, there we go. It's crazy that I've really been thinking about lately with the rise of Black Lives Matter and everything about how the prison system is like slave labor sure. to a degree. Oh, sure. And I'm like, I don't know. Don't know if that's right. Like, I'm like, I think in my heart I'm saying no. I think we... We need a total revamping of. Oh, that. of course. We should be rehabilitating. People. Uh, we, there was there oh. was a a, a real uh, commitment to it being real rehabilitation. There was a a at least in uh, northern uh, cities. I mean, in the in the south, there's a, a argument to make about how it's always been a way to just get slave labor because of how randomly and indiscriminately. Uh, black men, particularly, but blacks were thrown into prison. That it was a way to uh, potentially extend uh, some kind of uh, slave labor uh, through, you know. That, so that, that, but there was, I again, I'm. This is my being a little older. I remember in, very much in the '60s and the '70s how prison was talked about. You know, a correctional facility, a rehabilitative facility. That there was a real, uh, you know, uh, uh, effort. Uh, to have you know these people got to come back into society, so we got to make this a place where they where people can be rehabilitated and, and corrected. Yeah. And the '80s in particular uh, is was a real swing, and then the '90s was a real swing away from that, where it was like, no, this isn't about that anymore. This is just about punishment, and that's um, that's and that has to do honestly. That has to do in a big way. I don't want to get too far off the books, but that has to do in a big mm-hmm. way with the white supremacist narrative changing and getting and finding a different way to get into the mainstream. So the way it kind of got into the mainstream and and how we could, um, you know, take away the non-white people was to increase the prisons. And it's just about punishing because they're bad people where, where, which, which you were really, you were just talking about minorities. You weren't talking about whites. You were talking about minorities. You, you see, you form it as criminals, but then you make the whole definition of criminal a non-white. You know, that's, that's what all that is, is about. Yeah. 
It's so... What a sad world. I mean, and it's crazy, too, because even in this movie, they have, like... They go into the Great Hall for a sleepover in lockdown, and it's, like... It is sad that it's, like, a common thing. Like, schools are training kids to be prepared for a school yeah, shooter. Yeah. Like, what the heck? Yeah. You know? We made we made all of these derogatory Muslim comments after 9-11. It's, like, we looks like we're living 9-11 in America sure. before you're going to go over and, like, attack Iraq. Yeah. But... Uh, and then... We hear Snape, who is so bitter, he's like, oh, is Lupin helping Sirius? And he's talking to Dumbledore, and he's like, oh, should Potter be warned? And Dumbledore's like, nah, let him sleep. (laughs) Um, Even though Harry's not sleeping, because, oh my god, like, life is getting scary. Should any of them be sleeping, really? Yeah, really, yeah. I feel like you need to have, like, a group powwow at Hogwarts and talk about, uh, so I'm really freaked out that there's a scary murderer in our school. Yes. Uh, the murderer know, got into your school. Our the murderer got into your school. Now go to sleep. There you go. Yeah. Sleep oh in the Great Hall. So, yeah. Yeah. And then Snape takes over Defense Against the Dark Arts class and he wants to talk about oh, werewolves. Yes. And they explain that an Animagus has a choice. Like McGonagall's an Animagus. She turns into a cat. But a werewolf doesn't. Yes. And then he's so mean to Hermione. Like, I could not. More parents need to stick up because teachers shouldn't do this. This is where I disagree. I think if you're a good teacher, you should get paid more. If you're a teacher that calls a kid an insufferable know-it-all, mm. you should maybe not get paid yeah, more. Yeah, you, should, no, you shouldn't yeah. get paid. You shouldn't, you know, you know maybe, maybe, you're, should be teaching. maybe you really yeah. suck at teaching. Maybe that's what you do. Maybe yeah. maybe you just, yeah. Shout out, though, to yeah. the great, uh, late great uh, Alan Rickman for oh, I know. So for, for making movie. making the just the number 394 sound like Oh so yes. awesome! <laughs> oh yeah! Suddenly, it's the best number in history. Turn to page three hundred and ninety-four. That just so, so good. good. And then Ron is so terrible too because he's like, "Oh, Snape's got a point." And like Ron, you're the he's the worst to Hermione <laughs> for a long time. He's so this is the equivalent of like, "Oh, when a boy likes you, he'll be mean to you." It's a terrible narrative. It was like. Oh, what a piece of the, you know it, Ron interestingly is the uh, I think he's a really great literary character in the way that he's not he's a really interesting deviation from in a way he's like uh, Holmes's Watson like you know yeah. Harry, I mean Harry isn't the great you know thinker and everything that Holmes but but he's the hero whatever and he's a very interesting kind of take on that he's constantly doing this is that's almost like a devil's advocate thing that he does there where it's like well he's got a point you do say stuff about everything he, he's constantly doing that kind of devil's devil's advocate thing uh, through it throughout yeah. to, to both harry and hermione about well which is probably good that is kind of a respect because i don't it's it's weird because ron totally does care what people thinks but then will say things like he doesn't <laughs> it's, it, it, i think it's an amazing little thing about how he's you know he's not the sharpest knife in the drawer, like like Hermione is. He's not the most heroic, like Harry is. But he's he's a wonder. He's a wonderful. Fr- ultimately, he's a wonderful friend to both of them, and the and the part that he plays in that relationship is really kind of uh, uh, fascinating to me. And it really is kind of it's like giving that kind of person, that kind of third wheel person, in a way all the respect and all the nuance that possibly can be there it's he's i think he's just a great literary character in that in that way uh, yeah i always 
have a crush on Ron sometimes. Oh, for sure. See, Despite his... to me, to me, to me, I'm sorry. Red redheaded boys. It's just never. It's never a thing. I, I'll I'll, yeah. I'll take all the. Usually, I would not. Yeah, usually I would not. But I like. I've I I identify so much with Hermione that I get it. Sure. Right? <laughs> like... I will. I, I would take all the redheaded women. I'd like put them in a line and I'll I'll, I'll date <laughs> them all. But the redheaded boys, no. It just it's not a. What? Ed Sheeran's doing great, though. <laughs> oh well, hey, you know I'm, I'm not. Hey, geez, look at the look at the freaking yeah. career of Conan O'Brien. He's a big yeah. redheaded freak, and you know, and, uh, and so yeah, it's it's I'm, I'm I know it's just a me thing, but it's weird that like the red hair and freckles. It's like I I'll take it all day on a woman, but not on a guy. Go figure. Go figure. So then they have, they're all mad because Snape wants them to do an essay on a werewolf, but they're like, oh, we have Quidditch tomorrow. And it's <laughs> like, you got, you can't get special privileges because of sports. But I, I mean, of course you do. I guess everyone does. Yeah. You well, then it should do. be for like every club, right? You should, you, that should be taken into consideration. Yes. It all benefits the school. Sure. Oh, well, we yeah. have, we have, well, the, there's only one uh, club though, where the whole school kind of takes a powder on match day and shows up in the thing, you know. The whole school doesn't take a powder on on, uh, um, you know, recorder day or or uh, or you know this musical instrument day, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's you know there's there is the thing with it, but yeah, it's total crap. <laughs> it's like no no no, suck it up. You got Quidditch. Oh yeah, and I'm also just over Snape, who's like he's like so bitter, and it's like they bullied you years ago. You were also a Death Eater. You did not yeah, do everything no. right. Grow no, up. No, he's he's like, mean and mean up. and mean. Some people are just. Means it would. Uh, this is this is another thing too, bitter. where the yeah. the nature versus nurture argument in um, uh, in England because of the classism and everything, they believe a lot more in nature. Uh, they, I mean, that's it's just it's really yeah. caked in in a way that we don't quite understand. But you know, because we because we have that thing where you anybody can rise above their class or anybody can you know at least in theory you know or, or at least that's part of the sort of American mythos. Um, it's like, oh yeah, he had these bullying things and whatever, but he's perfectly capable of rising up to be something else. But in but in England, it's like, no, he was the bully and the picked on kid, and that's his lot in life, and that's you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. So then we go to this stormy Quidditch. I can't even believe they let people. Oh play sure, in these oh it's fun. But all right, I went I went golfing in the rain last week. It was awesome. The other yeah. seeker gets electrocuted. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I stopped. I stopped when I heard the thunder. I stopped when I heard the thunder. Oh my yes. goodness! We didn't get electrocuted. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh no. That's that's that screwed up. <laughs> yeah, that's good at least. They were playing in the thunder, and then it's like their broomsticks are literally like covered with ice, and then the Dementors. Yeah chase after him there's like a horde of dementors and then he yeah. harry potter falls over a hundred like, yeah, uh, oh my I, goodness that is um yeah that one yeah. that one's uh, very intense and uh the the now the the interesting thing too is that the the quidditch um gained less and less importance as it went through the films there were few, and and in the books too, because I mean, yeah. people, you know, because things got you know to a point of open warfare. So that who the hell cares about Quidditch when it's open warfare? But um, but this was you know this is one of the last Quidditch scenes I think in the in the whole movie uh, uh, experience. This is one of the last ones, and it's yeah. There's like one more in the fifth one, yeah. I think, and then that's, that's about, yeah. That's about it. And it sucks because Hufflepuff won this one too. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> Robert Pattinson <laughs> caught the uh, snitch. Come on. 
Or his poor broom is gone too because it got into the Whomping Willow. And just a ter- terrible day for yeah, Harry yeah. Potter. <laughs> poor Harry. That's yeah. That's one that'll drive you to that'll drive you to drinking. Yeah. Or you know, learn some more spells from Lupin. So, <laughs> which we're at. Because he's like, yeah, there you Harry, go. you're yeah, not you know. weak. They just affect you because you faced true horrors. Horrors that, like, nobody has faced. So you need to know how to fight them. And I do like that in Harry Potter. Sure. Like, they don't try to suppress the kids. And when they suppress the kids' knowledge, it's seen as evil. They try to be like, okay, this is a real threat. All right, then we're going to deal with it, right? We're going to be proactive, which is really smart. It does. I mean, I remember Rowling said um, people talked about how the fourth book it was. A, it was a narrative in the media discussing the books, how the fourth book is when things got very dark and mature. And she was like, you know, in the first book, uh, somebody took off their turban and they had another person growing in the back of their head. I, I think that's dark enough. Like, I think I started. She started from very early on. Yeah, the, yeah. These these kids did deal with really dark stuff really early on because this is magic and this is dark magic and this is there have always been in this film the the highest of stakes where people could they were facing life and death situations right away and it is yeah they do when when they're up against these things and and uh, and especially with where with harry having really experienced obviously grave things from year one they are very you know they don't try and say you know they don't try, try and pull a santa claus out of their hat about to, to explain okay. it they just try and explain it and they're just trying to yeah this is you need help with this and this is a way to go through this and and you know all of those things are, are that's one of again the great things about the series is that those moments the, the grave moments mm-hmm. are treated and with then the in a bit of lightness which was needed after all of that we get Fred and George and they help Harry with the map <laughs> and it's so crazy like what are the odds that Fred and George end up with the map the very same map that Harry's dad and Lupin and Peter Pettigrew and Sirius all used like so crazy that that ends up working out but I also I've had so many moments in life that worked out like that so I'm like not gonna super question it but it is like what a what a chance of oh, luck sure. um, it's also weird that they've never they must think that their brother Ron is a homosexual too, because they always see him with Peter, right? They they have to have seen Ron on the map with Peter, um, oh. and just not questioned, or they like just didn't. They don't care about their brother enough that they don't check up on him. No, I, that's that I think is the yeah. thing. I don't think they don't they don't care what Ron's doing. They're sneaking away off to something like that, and and they don't care what Ron's doing. Oh. Like, it's not like he's going to tell them. They'll just beat the stuffing yeah, out of him. Yeah, they just he, roast he, him. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. So then Ron and Hermione on a date, and they're like, and Ron's like, oh, do you want to move a bit closer to the Shrieking Shack? It's like the only yeah, yeah. Ron and Hermione date we really see in the series. That's yes, which is which is very and again. That's that's something that that you know. It, People always like to rip on the movie did do this from the book. The movie didn't do that from the that moment is not in the book. They added that into the movie, and it was wonderful. Yeah. It's wonderfully clever. It's everything of about course, it. Of course, though, then Malfoy comes right. in and starts being like, "Oh, are you shopping for a new home, Weasley? Isn't it a bit grand?" <laughs> I know shopping for a new home, Weasley. Room? Yeah. <laughs> bit grand for you yeah, isn't it Weasley? He's so yeah, terrible, yeah. and he's like, "Oh, you need to respect your superiors." So- like Malfoy. Uh, there's there's the classism right there's the so classism bad. big time full on full on European classism English 
Yeah, and he calls her. He calls Hermione huh. a mudblood again, and he's like, "Get an even, get a new insult for yeah, Lord right. Malfoy." He literally, <laughs> this actor has the whole time. He's the easiest time. He just says the same lines over and over. Wait till my father hears about Wait this. Wait till my father hears about this. <laughs> You're actually talking to me, <laughs> Potter. Potter. That's, really That's it. That's all That's Malfoy. <laughs> but then Harry. Uh, does it with an invisible snow fight, which is it honestly is this scene yeah, is yeah. really cool. It's, well, it's fun to just um, have fun and just what exactly. They yeah, were. especially because this is such a tense yeah. movie. Yeah, there's um, somebody about to kill Harry the whole time, basically. It's Tam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Ron is so bitter that Fred and George never told him about the map. No. Um, which is kind of lame. It's like they go and they gave it to his friend and not their yeah, own yeah, brother. Yeah. Well, Ron's. A, I think that's they, they know that Ron's the goody two shoes. I mean, Ron. Ron fundamentally yeah. is he'll he'll be like, no, mate, do this. No, mate, do. This. He's got a little bit of that, you know. They, you know, only tell him what you need to. But for the most part, he tells everybody what they need to know. He's he's an open book. He he wouldn't he would he wouldn't for use sure. that map well. <laughs> They're actually, you know, yeah. you know your own. You know who's got a little. You know who's got the right way to use the map. And and and, and Ron wasn't it. It was Harry. There you go. Oh yeah. But then Harry overhears these adults talking about him, um, and because he's nosy, he goes into the pub and like follows him under the invisibility cloak. And then Ron and Hermione try to follow him because they're like, "Wait, yeah. stop!" But no underage wizards are yeah. allowed. So. The shrinking heads, the shrunken heads. There, they say, uh, they say, "No, it's a guy here." Yeah, yeah. yeah. they're back again. Yeah, these shrunken heads. Yeah, oh my yeah. goodness. <laughs> But the they talk about the adults that Harry followed. They talk about how his parents went into hiding, um, and that they had like a, kind of like a secret keeper, and that it was Sirius Black, and that he that Sirius Black let you know who killed Peter Ooh. Pettigrew, uh, and Peter tried to warn the Potters, but he but Sirius Black destroyed him and left only, only a, a finger. finger. So only a finger, and Sirius is the reason. That Harry's parents are dead. And also, which I cannot believe that they kept from him because this is yeah. his history, this is his family, that Sirius is yeah, Harry's yeah. godfather. Nobody told him. I feel like you got to tell him that when you tell that, him about magic. You can't yeah. just, you can't that's, just keep that. That's I agree. That's, that's yeah. pretty, that's pretty, uh, yeah, that's messed pretty up. messed up. Uh, well, again, I guess, I guess what we have to allow is he was incarcerated in, he was incarcerated in, his godfather was incarcerated so yeah. maybe you don't tell him maybe maybe you don't tell him yeah. oh by the way your godfather's a murderer like who's locked up maybe you don't yeah. tell him that but uh, I don't know you talk t- about it yeah something. figure a way yeah I think yeah. he should know um and then he gets so dramatic in the scene Daniel Radcliffe he's like he was the best friend yeah. <laughs> and they betrayed yeah. him and he's like so he's like I get it though because this is like Crazy! This is like soap opera sure. crazy, and then literally Harry is like, "Oh, I'm going! I'm gonna kill him!" And it's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! I don't know if turning into a murderer yeah. is what your parents would have wanted." I do have but... to say though, as an actor, uh, I experienced. I played uh, um, uh, Wojciech, uh which is a very seminal play in terms of realism coming into plays. Um, it's a German play, and he um, kills his wife after finding out she's had an affair. And I do have to um, say there is that when you dive into a person who's done everything that Wojciech had done for kind of his family and then experiences that kind of Mm -hmm. betrayal, 
your first thought is just, oh, well, just, I'll just kill her. It's like, oh, well, I'll just kill her. It's like you're, you, when you are that... Well, I was, a, yeah, I was abused by, like, boyfriend, and there was definitely times where it was like, I, I didn't feel bad about fighting sure. them off, right? And I think I would I felt bad after when they used that as, like, a guilt tactic, right? But in the moment, you were like, get the yeah, heck yeah. off of me, right? You're being yeah. terrible. Um, you're so terrible. Um, but anyway, so they're, Lupin and Harry are working on the Bogart, and... I don't understand how Expecto Patronus works on it as a fake Dementor. I'm very confused about the magic of that. It's um, yeah, because it feels the best like, thing yeah. to describe it is, is it's 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 this positive energy that you that you repel the Dementor with. It's it's just positive energy, and it's, yeah. it's a sort of a tangible positive energy. But yeah, they. It's it, this is one of those moments of like wink wink. It's magic. Yeah. Wink wink. You know, well, and they're yeah. using it. They're not using it on an actual Dementor. They're using it on a Bogart, which is showing up as Harry's fear yeah. as a Dementor. So, wouldn't only ridiculous work? But anyway, what is magic logic? You know. Yeah. But then Ron is pissed because he thinks Crookshanks killed Scabbers, but thankfully. Hagrid isn't sacked, but Buckbeak is going to be sentenced to death, which is... Buckbeak's been sentenced <laughs> to death? I love that. I love yeah, that. it's so it's sad, so though, because he doesn't... I don't know why he should... Why don't they just say, okay, Hagrid, you just can't have a hippogriff ever again in assignments, right? And they just, like, take it away. Why is it like, we're yeah. going to kill it? <laughs> um, I guess that, that seems English yeah. to me. That seems like hunting English. That's... Yeah. That's that's again. That's yes, absolutely. No, they, well, hey, you, the lords of, uh, you know, if you were a Lord Windsor talking to, uh, um, you know, peasant tailor, uh, you 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 could just kill him if they didn't. They weren't doing what you liked on on your land, on your lordly land. You could just kill him. So you know, this is this, some of that. It's like oh, his animal in his charge. Is this lowly thing didn't do what we want, but so we we'll just I kill But then I love it. the scene, though, where uh, Ron is like, spiders, they want me to tap dance. I don't want to tap dance. And Harry's like, you tell those spiders, Ron. That is a great... It's like, it's so funny. Yeah. I don't know why. It's so it's so great. And again, this is another one of those all props to the uh, yeah. to the screenplay writer and the director that not in the book no. at all, it's even remotely. Moment. And, it, and it's because just great. It's, like, it's wonderful. It's Ron. It's so, so fundamentally Ron, his character. It, and yeah. it's so fundamentally a teenager. Like any every teenager in boarding school. I never went to a boarding school, but I'm sure every teenager in boarding school has had one of their classmates wake up having a nightmare. We've all it's all had it. it you know why not do it oh, in yeah, a way that's absolutely. funny as heck? And but Harry, <laughs> uh, while he was staying up that night, has seen Peter Pettigrew. Um, so he goes out and he's like searching for him, uh, and then. Snape catches him and he's like, oh, you're exceedingly arrogant. Like, I can't believe all of the stuff that Snape says to a literal 13-year-old boy. Like, this is not okay. Um, But then Harry's like, oh, my dad didn't strut. And he's like, how would you know your parents died before you met them? Your dad could have very well strut, Harry. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You you actually do have to take the word of the people who actually knew it. Unfortunately, your dad may have been a strutter. Yeah. Sorry, really. Yeah, don't don't want to be cruel because I know your dad died when you were one. But uh, but yeah, he might have he might have strutted just. And then fine. Snape makes him turn out his pockets. Like, what is this? The freaking airport? <laughs> turn yes. out your. Pockets. And then they yeah, find the map, yeah. but the map That's... immediately becomes like a joke parchment, and it says "calls Snape's nose very big," which oof, like got him. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, here's here's one of these moments too where I don't 
I think they. I don't think they make it one hundred percent clear in the movies. I think it's more clear in the book. Snake yeah. was the guy they picked on back in the day. So calling themselves um, uh, what was um, Mooney, yeah. uh, Wormtail, Padfoot, and Prongs, yeah. Snake wouldn't have known that because yeah. that was their thing together. So in in terms of so they knew Snape and they you know so they had a joke already prepared for his abnormally large nose out of their business. They they knew uh, you know which it, it's all that's all great. But there's that moment of like, oh, wait a minute, why, why why wouldn't Snake know that it was them? Yeah. If it, it was like, no, that was their thing. Oh, I That was yeah. their thing. He wouldn't have known that. He, yeah. they, they just picked ends on up him. saving the day, yeah. but Snape is so heavy-handed with the werewolf. I can't believe it takes everybody so long to figure it out. Because he's like, oh, out for a walk in the moonlight, you know? <laughs> Out for a walk in the moonlight. But then yes, Lupin is go. pissed at Harry because he's like, this in the hands of Sirius Black is a map to you, Harry Potter. And then I, what I wish Harry Potter was smart enough mm-hmm. to be like, well, how would Sirius know how to use it, right? That feels so 13-y. I'm like, how would this be? Uh, yeah. how, does, how do you know? Um, yeah, I don't get it. Yeah. How do you know? How are you so smart? Yeah. Huh? Well, that would have definitely been me at 13 at least. Oh, sure. That's, that's yeah. perfectly 13. You're, but you're, Lupin yeah. just sums it up and he's like, listen, this is a poor way to risk your life when your parents sacrifice and like kind of just like hits him heavy. Mm. Like, crap. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's some good guilt. Yeah. Hello. And oh. then we have more wow. teachers insulting students. This is a big theme in this movie because the divination <laughs> teacher, uh, I'm so terrible at pronouncing her name. It's like Tweerly. I'm so bad at it. Uh, yes, um, she tells Hermione that she does not prove- possess the proper spirit. You do not possess <laughs> yes. the proper spirit. Her heart is as shriveled as an old maid. She's like 13 girls. Your heart is shriveled. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Her soul is dry as books. Like, oh my God. Like, way to get burnt in front of yeah. everybody. And Hermione, I think sure. justifiably, knocks the crystal ball off and just storms out and is done. Yeah. yeah. I would be. Yeah. yeah, that was insane. That's, yeah, sure. Hey. That's uh, there's there's um, there. Uh, I guess that's an education question. But at a certain point, if if the teacher's being, you know, has gone into the realms of of insulting and uh, you know abusing, eh, maybe the kids yeah. just get to say. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I had that. to do you that know, with like a choir teacher. Yeah. It was so terrible, and it was like sad because that was like music was something I was very passionate about at the time and like needed. Mm-hmm. But she was she was so mean. She was like. Everybody knew she was a lesbian, and I guess uh, a dark-haired, like, brunette girl broke her heart, and so she was always, every year, picked a brunette and, like, would torture them in choir, and that was me that year. And I was like, why? (laughs) But, yeah. Take your projectionism, (laughs) take your projection, and stuff it up your rear! Absolutely. I just ended up doing community theater, which was probably better overall, but uh, she was awful. There you go. Um, But then Harry sees this crazy thing. He sees, he hears like Sirius Black's voice in this crystal ball, and that, and then they hear this prediction from the teacher, and he's and she's like, he will return tonight. He who betrayed innocent blood will be spilt, and servant and master will be reunited once more. And it is legit scary. That moment scares me yeah, now yeah. as an adult. Yeah. And so yeah. Emma Thompson being being all so good, terrifying. So good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Malfoy is like again saying shit, and Hermione has just finally had it, and you think she's gonna curse him, but instead she pushes him. Oh. Yeah, I think that I I believe that got some 
spontaneous applause when I first oh, saw it yeah. in the theater. That was that that get the spontaneous. And I, again, not a moment that I think is in the yeah. book. I don't. I don't remember that. Which is, and everything about it is yeah. brilliant. He like it's obviously just, violence just, isn't the best, but also he like stops. The, he doesn't make fun of him for the rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it, no, it's it's. And you know, Ron that, that, is that, so uh, turned on by it for sure. He's like, oh yeah, oh yeah. He thinks her. This is probably the moment that Ron fell in love with Hermione in the movies. <laughs> that's that's just like, oh girl. Yeah. Punch somebody else and then come back Absolutely. to my room. Hello. And also on Ron's Grr. lucky day, they find scabbers at Hagrid's. And Hermione's like, yeah, I guess yeah. you owe someone an apology. And Ron is such a piece of crap. And he goes, yeah, next time I see Crookshanks, <laughs> I'll let him know. Like, complete dirtbag. You... <laughs> What? Yeah. How to... Way to, like, not score with a woman, right? To not score any points. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, jeez. This is... I gotta tell you, this is... that That, that felt like my life in terms of dating in terms of I swear that every woman who's ever been a little bit attracted to me I did something like that where where I you know it's like because you and crushes yeah. are like that because you know people can like you, you you have a crush your crush your crush and then they do that one thing and like the oh, crush yeah. is gone well, and I think the thing is too you is know? like you're a funny man I'm dating a funny man currently too and sometimes being funny is like being ridiculous and saying things that you're not 100% sure but you like are always you're a comedian you know you're testing and I think sometimes yeah. women are like um, you can't be funny. Everything is serious and terrible for us right now, right? We're like, we don't <laughs> want jokes. We want hot guy in shining armor. But it's like, I think sometimes us ladies too need to be like, okay, he was just doing a joke and it was a joke for me, right? Some queens date the gesture, you know, like... <laughs> I, I guess I guess some do. The uh, you you just you you did explain though every reason why I can't get laid right now. That's that's you know. You just have to find good. the woman with the right sense of humor and stop curse. You got to think openly. You can't if you say you're not going to get laid, you're automatically creating a barrier, right? Your mind is looking for reasons not to, and it's creating an energy. Eh. I think you have to be open minded to be like it could happen. You know, like you have to just be open. Oh, it 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 could. Oh no no no, it could. It has <laughs> in my life. It could. I see it. I ain't no, I ain't no virgin, but um, but I, but I, I literally have. I, I'm just saying in terms of literally having no idea why exactly it's it's not happening. You just gave a great reason why it's not happening. It's because now is maybe the moment of looking for the, you know, as you said, hero in shining armor, and that that ain't me. I'm. I'm pretty friggin' awesome, but yeah. but I'm not exactly the hero in shining armor. So you know yeah. that's People yeah. different tastes, if, you know. <laughs> so yeah. then Hermione gets hit in the head with the stone, and she has this moment where obviously the audience doesn't know it yet. But if we rewatched it, which we have, you know, you know that it's like, oh, she's seeing herself. Um, and I love yeah. that the executioner for Buckbeak is literally in this costume of an executioner. Yeah. Uh, his blood That's costume. Right. This is like the clothes he can Old get look on, I guess. And yeah, and it's very funny because they see the like birds fly and they hear like the sound and but in reality in this moment where Hermione is crying, she is crying over a sliced pumpkin. <laughs> crying over a pumpkin. And another and another just in in with all that uh, you know another uh, good shout out to the filmmakers about the scene of like is that what my yeah. hair looks like from oh, the back? I love that. We 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 never yeah. see that. We we never we never see the back we like never see the back of our own head when we're in the in the uh, you know uh, um, barber yeah. shop chair you know briefly and in a weird way where it's double mm -hmm. mirrors or like the, photos we never see where that you're so, facing the back oh yeah. yeah I've definitely always been disappointed so, so with the back of my hair I'm like gee 
<laughs> I gotta get it together back there. <laughs> yeah, what am I doing? But that's so great that they and that's that again. I think is a moment not in the book that they add into the movie. That, oh, that's yeah, just absolutely. a great moment. It's like that's just what you would do if you were time traveling in a weird way. Be like, oh wow, my yeah. hair especially looks like as that. a teenage girl, absolutely. Absolutely. Of course you do that. Yeah. And then it gets crazy. So Scabbards bites Ron, and Ron chases after him to the Whomping Willow. Scabbers. And then Ron gets grabbed by the leg by Sirius, or the Grim as we know it here, oh, which yeah. is insane. And then yeah. Harry and Hermione are going to run after him, but they get whomped. And because, I don't know, sometimes they like forget that they can do magic, and maybe that is like the Hollywood filmmakers being like, we need more action, right? We need this stuff. But they like hmm. don't put a spell on it like Snape does. Yeah, they might not know that or whatever. That And that's, that's um, in the, in the, the other thing too is that in the book, there was a certain knot on the base of the tree that if you grabbed it, it stopped it calmed down yeah which is which is very that's like crazily you know pseudo-sexual metaphor but that's that's one you know right near its hole and secret chamber there's a special knot that you grab that calms it down like i mean that's it's crazy because nobody knows about the hole too yeah it's a secret hole in the whomping willow oh my god yeah that's there's there's that whole thing so and that i understand just being that's shrieking shack oh my god (laughs) (laughs) all of that all of that is a bit much to put on film that's all a bit much how exactly yeah, and and how exactly you'd find grabbing the the certain knot and all of that is it, that's a bit too much to put up film, especially since the the I think the first one who does it with holding down the certain knot in the book is um uh, is the dog is uh, is is serious as the dog goes over and under the and and steps on the on the certain knot thing. So doing all that visually and everything is just too much. Yeah. To do in the movie, so they so the fact that Snape comes in and casts a spell or Lupin does probably too. And they just don't know about it. That that works okay. That's and and that's again a, a a thing where the action that they're trying to do and just physically what would look best on mm-hmm. film. I think they 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 made good choices. Yeah, there. Just, yeah. It is funny though when it's a bit expositionary where Harry goes and he's like, "Oh, I have a feeling this tunnel we're going to leads to the Shrieking Shack," and it's like, yeah. "How, Harry? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I, yeah, uh, I just know. You know, I, know. Those I think I know where yeah. it's going, but I hope I'm wrong. Well, how, yeah. why would you? What? 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 <laughs> okay. Anyway, logic yeah. aside. Um, so then Sirius Black is just standing murderously at the door, and he's like, and even though he's innocent, that we know in hindsight. He's so dramatic in this. He's like, only one will die tonight. And sure. like, you're not setting yourself up, dude. To yeah, me. yeah. Or, or why, <laughs> why wouldn't you say, no, I'm going to kill him, not you. you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then Harry, too, is like, oh, it's going to be, you're going to be the one that dies tonight. And it's like, you are 13. You don't even know the killing curse yet. Yeah, <laughs> Potter, what are you going to do? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Petrificus Totalis and then chop his head off, I guess. I guess. That's, that's... <laughs> I guess, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Stupefy and then shoot him in the head. There's, you know. Doing the muggle way. And then Lupin comes in and he's like, Sirius looks like crap. And Sirius like, well, you would know all about looking like crap. And then they hug. (laughs) These bro conversations. Do you have conversations like this with your guy friends? You're like, hey, dude, you look like crap. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm looking in the mirror. That's because, oh, sure. That would be, yeah, that's because you're looking in the mirror. Yeah, it's totally. Oh, my God, bros, dude. (laughs) And then Hermione is just lividly pissed. And she's like, I trusted you, but all this time, You've been his friend, and and then she like outs that he's a werewolf, 
Yeah. And then we have the classic line of Sirius of like, 12 years in Azkaban, I did my waiting. That line is so good. Which begs the, to differ. What This is the one thing that isn't explained well, I think, either in the books or the movies. Why, in particular, Sirius broke out when he did? I think it was just that it was the opportunity he had. I think it was, he. from what I remember, I don't remember the exact details, but I remember there was something strategic that happened that he ended up being able to get out. I don't know if it was mm. because he like saw Harry's thing and then was like, oh, I have a reason, right? Like, and, and ended up having just the mental strength to get past the Dementors because obviously he wasn't guilty. Yeah, and so then they explained that, hey, actually, Sirius didn't betray uh, Harry's parents. Really, it was Peter, and he's in this room right now. And then, but Snape comes yeah. in and catches them, and then they're like, come on, Snape, why don't you go play with your chemistry set? But would, how did they know Sirius is a pureblood, though? How does yeah. he know about, is chemistry part of the magic world? Is this a course? Yeah. Oh, they just, no, he's just, he's just, he's talking about being yeah. potions. He was always messing Yeah, but would potions. they call potions chemistry? Or isn't that a muggle term? Oh, I think right? that, I think that's like, why he uses that's that. My question. Yeah, I think that's why he's, because he, oh, he, yeah. he wants to talk down to, oh, you're just doing chemistry like a stupid muggle. Yeah, oh, yeah, there you go, man. Sure. He's classist too, for even Sirius. Yeah. I mean he was raised to well, be for sure. Sure. But... Sirius is Sirius is raised in a in a proud uh, you know, black family. That's kind of like a noble family, you know, mm -hmm. as as evil and icky as they were. So yeah, he'd look down on him. You're playing with your chemistry set. <laughs> Which hey, I I would love my daughter to grow up and be a chemist. Oh, I loved playing friggin'... with chemistry set when I was like her age. I was making oh. potions and my mom was mad though because sure. she found like milk. That I was keeping, I was trying to cure chicken pox, so I was doing all sorts of things. <laughs> I like left milk hey, out. And ambitious, ambitious as a young thing. I love <laughs> yeah. it. That's great. Yeah. And then Snape is like, I'd kill you, but he's like, I want the Dementors to suck out your soul. Bye. And then it is, it drives me crazy in the scene because I'm like, just kill Peter. He's right there. You're wasting all this time yeah. talking. Just kill him. And then they yeah. point to Ron that he he is the one who is Peter Pettigrew and he's like what me you're mental which is just a great moment of yeah. Are you yeah. Mental? Yeah, and then they're yeah. like no you're rat you've had him for 12 years he's missing a toe Peter Pettigrew cut off his own finger and Ron freaks out that they yeah. like give the rat over and I love the metaphor it's like a literal rat ratted out Harry's parents right like way to heavy hand mm. it but it's great there you go yeah and then <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. What else and would he be? And Peter says like otter? the worst thing that I think <laughs> I after know. after imprisoning a man falsely for your death, where he goes, "My old friends," right? And you're like, "Oh, dude!" Like, yes. way to not like have no, any social skills at all. I, you know, in a way, uh, this is he's consistently evilly duplicitous. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He even tries to go to Harry and he's like, oh, you look so much like James, right? Yeah, and do yeah. this whole thing. But Sirius and Lupin are not having it. They're like, how dare you do that? How dare did you sell it out? And he's like, I didn't mean to. Which, okay, dude. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I didn't. But what I mean by that is I totally meant to. Yeah, right? Yeah, I totally <laughs> I did. Definitely totally. did. Yeah, I definitely did. I definitely super understand exactly what I was doing and I totally meant to do it. Yeah. And then they're like, I would have rather died than betray my friends. And they were like, you should have known that if Voldemort didn't kill you, we would. This scene is so good. There's so much good dialogue in it. He's like, no, yeah. don't do yeah. it. That's not what my parents would have wanted. He was like, the Dementors can have uh, Peter. Because if he dies, then the truth that Sirius is innocent dies with him. Which is very smart. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, very smart. Very yes. smart. He's a smart boy. And then boy. you have a great yeah. moment between him and Sirius where Sirius talks about, like, uh, that Harry's father wanted him to be a dog permanently. <laughs> and he was like, I could totally with sure. the tail, but I couldn't live with the fleas. And, oh, I couldn't imagine having yeah, fleas. Yeah. I had to bathe my cats for them once, and it was, yeah, when I first got Milo, Milo yeah, was an outside kitty, and he gave Marcy fleas, so Marcy was not having it. No, no yeah. I don't like you. I don't like you giving Very me fleas. <laughs> Never let it go. Uh, but anyway, so then there's a full moon out, which I'm like, what are you doing, Lupin? Like, this is, he just doesn't remember this, I guess, because it's a crazy, chaotic moment. He doesn't. I well. I don't know. The, the thing is, that's never explained. What about Wolvesbane? He may. It may be something that you're yeah, supposed to take that because he doesn't take it. It may yeah. be something you're supposed to take. Yeah. He's he, and and maybe in the, you know, maybe it's some. I I don't know. Maybe the Wolvesbane potion is something that you literally take that day and you take it at the full moon and it does. It's never explained yeah. exactly what it does. He just. He clearly forgot right to do it. Right before he changes, cray cray. they have this moment with Ron, who's like, he's like hamming up the leg that Sirius broke, and he's like, oh, yeah. they might, it might be, it's really painful, they might have to chop it off. Like, okay, way to mimic Malfoy, sure. Ron. <laughs> but I, I mean, to his credit, this is, again, another one of these moments that they add in the, in the film that is so great. This is a, another one of these moments of, like, him, you know, experiencing how much he likes... Hermione, and he's oh, just yeah. trying—he's just trying to play for her attention and and sympathy, and it's, it's dynamite. <laughs> Absolutely. It's and then Peter asks Ron to spare him as a pet. It's so gross. He's so oh, disgusting. So gross. The Dis- actor does such a great job, though. He's I mean, good at everything I've seen. But you you have to you have to commit to. This is another one of these. You know, wear the black hat and twirl the mustache. This is one of these moments. He's wearing the black yeah. hat and twirl the mustache, doing it fully. It's great. Yeah, just a gross rat person. So gross. Ugh, <laughs> and it's so hard because in that conversation, they talk about Harry and Sirius. Talk about like, oh, you, that you could come live with me. And just oof, knowing everything that is about to happen, yeah. is it's hard to watch this scene. It is. <laughs> it is. This, this is one of these things, too, where like what you mentioned, they and, and this is a bit with the the first time that we see the dog too, where Sirius is consistently sort of filmed and made up and sort of shown as being kind of evilly up until the moment that he's not. And part of that is, you know, is some of that, that trying to force into the filmmaking and the pictures that we're seeing that through Harry's eyes, he is evil up until he's not. And something that something that we really think is evil, we we might perceive and literally see differently until we really experience that that they're they're that they're actually good and they really care about us. We might, you know, I mean, how many times is there is somebody who you maybe think is a little attractive one way or another? They they like physically become less attractive when you oh, hear yeah. really terrible details about them, and and the reverse, somebody who's maybe maybe not you know super hot, but you really find out they're a great person and they physically look more wonderful so it i think that always looks a little clunky in film because in film they're just they're putting on extra makeup to the person or they're or they you know he's got worse teeth but they're doing something where physically they look you know gross and then they don't and then they physically don't they don't put the same makeup and they don't look quite quite as gross so it's it's a tricky thing in film that they try and you know I think they did a good job with Peter Pettigrew's look. Definitely. That was Peter exactly Pettigrew, yes. how I ma- imagined. Absolutely. Sure. No, but with with yeah. Sirius, where how the actor just looks so yeah. 
like almost like he's been eating dirt in some of the uh, yeah. scenes before it's clear. And then when he's talking with Harry and having this beautiful moment with him, he just looks so Lights much. up, yeah. yeah. It is yeah. good. That is a great moment. Yeah. But then, unfortunately, Sirius is kind of dumb because he, like, grabs Lupin as he's changing into a wolf and he's like, this heart is where you truly are. This heart. And it's like, it's not effective, dude. Like, that's yeah. not, it's not an emotional thing you that try. you can keep back. Right? You just try, though, yeah. man. <laughs> and then, of course, Peter Pettigrew, because he's, uh, he's a snake and a rat, uh, he just waves goodbye and turns into a rat because nobody is watching him which ugh, is so frustrating which, wait, here, here's the thing though this is one of these moments where it's like dude he was a rat and then when he became a person he had all those clothes on yeah so if he's turning back into a rat the clothes should go away too oh yeah I think so too yeah definitely uh, although it might be in a kids movie having adult nudity like that might be a bit red but, flag. But do one, but oh, yeah. do one or the other. No, I, I yeah. don't. Don't have the adult nudity. And 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 if you if you ch- everybody who's doing these changes is changing into adult with clothes on. But and, and hey, the very next moment, Lupin, I mean, uh, um, Sirius becomes the dog to yeah. go for, and he doesn't lose all his clothes. Yeah. So I, I just think that was a, it kind of looks a little cool, but that's one of those moments where, you know, that thing might look a little cool because the rat runs out of the clothes. But as a audience member, I feel a little insulted. Yeah. It breaks the world. It breaks it the breaks world. It breaks the There's world. Don't, don't insult my intelligence by, by breaking the dynamic of the, breaking the logic within the world. It's a magic yeah. world and everything's, a, but don't break the logic of the inner world. And I think they, sure. that, that's, you know, as, as much as they did right with this film, that was one moment where it's like, oh, come on. The clothes mm-hmm. change with him, you idiot. Yes. And then Hermione goes up to Werewolf Lupin, which I feel like is so dumb. Like, get back! Like, yeah, not, right. Go away from the, from the scary dog. Yes. <laughs> and then, ironically, Snape comes back and protects them. And then Sirius is, like, turned into a dog and is wrestling and then Harry runs after Sirius and this werewolf like an idiot. I mean, also, I guess, thank God that he sort of does so that they know where to find him. I, I have to say real, real quick, too, the, the Snape having that moment where he protects them. I think that's very, yeah. very important, actually, for, you know, suddenly important. It's very important for his humanity. It's like he doesn't like Harry and he and he thinks Hermione's an insufferable know-it-all. And Ronnie barely even thinks about it. But they're kids and he's the adult and he's protecting them from the thing. I think that's I think that's just an important little thing of like uh, when it's really really something horrible happening Snape's still yeah. going to protect them. Like he's still got that humanity or whatever. I th- yeah, that's I guess he thing. can still work at Hogwarts. Ugh, you know? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Fine, okay. Uh, yeah. What but are... then Lupin, yeah. You actually <laughs> Lupin then yeah. goes off cuz he hears another werewolf cry. Uh, that we know is fake but anyway um, the Dementors then come and they're in like a huge tornado like circle this poor Harry Potter is 13 and he tries to protect against all these Dementors with this weak spell the lake is like super icy it's a great scene it's scary and then it's very it's actively scary and when Sirius' soul gets sucked out but then pops back in I think about that so much Uh, that like little tiny soul thing that is how i've always yeah. imagined a soul is yeah, that's that, a like, very a uh, orb. <laughs> and and i like that as a filmmaking choice they went there i like that as a filmmaking choice they went i, I don't think i don't know in particular that's yeah. ever described in the in the movie or anything like that but it's like no we're talking about a tangible essence getting removed from somebody by this horrible horrible creature called the dementor and i like that they that they made it manifest like that. I think it was a very, very good choice. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, it was so cool. 
no anyway harry wakes up in the hospital and he's like i saw my dad he cast the patronus and they're like your dad's dead dude <laughs> like and then dumbledore comes in and they're like you've got the wrong man and man i can't imagine trying to explain this story to an adult at all because yeah. it's literally crazy they're like the guy is a rat he's not really a rat he's yeah, but he could turn it into becomes, one it becomes one of these stream of consciousness from like uh you know from a kid waking up from a nightmare kind of thing like and then there was a, a head that was actually God, but it exploded all the <laughs> yeah, rats. In the, I mean, it's and one then of those, Dumbledore, just, too, is just... like, hey, listen, your three 13-year-olds' views is going to be meaningless to people who have already forgotten how to listen. He's like, so Sirius is in the top tower. You know, time is a funny thing. And if you succeed, you know, more than one innocent yeah. life can be spared. And then... Hermione's like, okay, sorry, Ron, I gotta leave you out because you can't walk, which I kind of like because uh, Ron has been so mean to her for so long. That is, like, yeah. this is what you get. Be nice to women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, for sure. You're useless. Well, it's 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 also very practical, and uh, and again, I think this is this is the bare minimum that women are asking for. It's like, let us be practical. Like, come on, yeah. if 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 there's you man over there we don't owe you anything if 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 including you or any kind of attribute is just totally impractical for life just shut up i'm all i'm doing is making it an impractical yeah. choice stop being so oh, absolutely yeah stop you, it doesn't mean yeah. i don't value you you know like, i it's, have to it do just, it, it I, yeah I, the time you, is an issue you got a busted yeah. leg dude shut absolutely. up and lie there Come and then on. harry is like no explanation and just time travels with her mighty is like what the heck and he's like uh this isn't normal and she's like yeah it's a time turner that's how i've been getting to classes which is why the heck would they give this to a 13 year old that seems so irresponsible but yeah uh, I, but know, i mean it's yeah, hermione hey, well, so she's who i would trust right. absolutely this is you know she's clearly wants i think clearly she's got no other purpose for it other than learning as much yeah. as she can so then they decide, they're like, oh, yeah, we can save Buckbeak's life. Um, but then they go to do it, but then they're like, oh, crap. Fudge has to see Buckbeak or they're going to think that Hagrid set him free. And then they see mm-hmm. Peter Pettigrew sitting in the Hagrid's thing. And they're like, oh, we got to get him. That's And Hermione's like, you can't, Harry. Like, awful things happen to wizards who mess with time. And then they're not leaving. And so yeah. we figure out that she's the one who threw the rock at Harry's hair. And she's like, sorry, you know, like I had to. Sure. And then they go to rescue Buckbeak, but they've got all these setbacks, which is great screenwriting. Like the crow bites him while he's trying to get it. Uh, how life is never easy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. It's not just grab the, just, just, just grab the, it's not every just grab the hippogriff and walk away. No, no. You gotta be clever. No. It's fight the Which is, I, and, yeah. and, and I gotta say, the, the, this is another thing that's great about the consistency of Hermione, is she's one of those people who's always remembering the little details. She's, I, th- I think she's yeah. the one who says, no, we have to, he has to see him. Or Buck would think, I think she's the one of it. Yeah. She's the one who's like, um, She's also had more practice at traveling yeah, time. She's a, yeah, but but, but just yeah. it, it, in general, she's always the one who remembers those little details over and over again, which is, yeah, that's, that's great. That's, yeah. And so Dumbledore also helps him out. He's like, I would like to sign this document uh, that we have yeah. for Buckbeak too. And he's got this super long name, which I think is hilarious. Yes, Just yes. wasting all this time. And so they are trying to lure Buckbeak with these dead ferrets. Come and get the nice dead ferret. <laughs> yes. So great. 
Oh, so good. And then they think they're going to get caught, but then Dumbledore, like, protects them. I don't have no idea how Dumbledore knows this stuff, but he protects them. He's, like, pointing out interesting Hogwarts things. Like, sure. it's so great. I love oh, the talk. There's, there's talk that they have in there about, and the strawberries used to all be over the thing. It's like, I don't see any <laughs> strawberries. No, they're there. <laughs> they used to grow over there. It's like, what are you talking about? Uh, and then they turn around and not Buckbeak is gone and Fudge is like oh my god we gotta search the ground search the skies and then you know and Dumbledore is like yeah whatever do what you want to it kind of looks like a hopeless situation he's like but I would like some tea and brandy and like Dumbledore is just the adult we've all become yes let's have a drink (laughs) yes really yeah and then it's so weird that the executioner just does the pumpkin for what he's like I gotta get my slice quota I sharpened this damn thing I'm cutting something come on oh my goodness Shop. and so Harry still believes that the Patronus is his dad and he's like oh when we free him I'm never gonna have to go back to the Dursleys and it, oh this kills me yeah it just yeah. kills me that that's and so then they end up being the people who call the werewolf and but then they're like oh crap we didn't think about it coming our way to our future selves and then they end up having to like stop Lupin and yeah. they're like poor professor one of my favorite lines poor professor Lupin's having a really rough night <laughs> yeah. really oh, tough night uh. and then Harry and Hermione hug and I've noticed in the movies that they focus on the Harry and Hermione hug so much like I understand why people ship them because it is always this like really great cinematic hug I, I part of it I think is the filmmakers wanting to have fun in terms of dealing with I think in the books it's a little more clear that Harry and Hermione aren't going to end up together like like you know but but there's some ambiguity to that that they play with yeah. in the film and but you know and, and and stuff like that yeah well and harry and hermione are these teenagers yes. in these life and death situations like there is Absolutely. that like Absolutely. trauma but they're but they're just you know? it's also yeah. just you know as you as you get older with your friends and you age with your friends sometimes you realize just how freaking good friends you are and how much you care about each other and you just and so you just hug each other in, in a way that you haven't before and it's, you know, it's it's, yeah, it's all yeah. good stuff. And then Hermione is seeing this, like, scary scene that happened to Harry, which is crazy, because I bet you she couldn't even imagine. I sure couldn't if I was in no, a no. And she's like, but, uh, dude, your dad, he's not coming. So then Harry casts yeah. the Patronus, and he, I love this line, too, I wish life was this, was this simple. And he's like, I knew I could do it because I already done it, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> I wish that I could see that. I feel like I would get so much more done. I even feel like if I got and I saw my life, like, in the future wasn't what I I want i'd be like oh i'm gonna change some things so that it can become sure. the way that i want there you go well and 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 the you know the extraordinary thing of just sort of breaking through the paradox of like oh i i knew i could do it i've already done it and how you just yeah. do it in that moment of of you know it stops blowing your mind yeah. for a moment and you and you just do it and that's i think that's another that's another great way that that that's a, a like a mark of a true hero like the heroes kind of step up in those moments of of impossibility and i think that this is a this is a moment where yeah no harry's the hero Mm -hmm. so he's stepping up and doing this thing that is kind of impossible that he's already seen himself do because he's already done it but he but he does it (laughs) but uh it's confidence baby confidence baby and they rescue Sirius and he does this thing which I always think is is like no one has said and I appreciate Sirius for saying it that he's like it's unfair that I've had so much time with your parents and you so little and he's like but you have Mm -hmm. to stay at Hogwarts you're meant to be here and have stability you can't be on the run with me because Harry definitely wants to 
And then he has this, like, beautiful line, and he's like, oh, the ones who love us never leave us. He tells Hermione that she's the brightest witch of her age because he's so gracious, and he flies away on Buckbeak, and it's bittersweet, but, ugh, so good. And then they are back in the hospital, and they're like, they tell Dumbledore, they're like, he's free, we did it. And Dumbledore's like, did what? Good night. And I can't. (laughs) He's got such a great role in this one, and he had to take over because the original Dumbledore died. Yeah. Yeah. Richard Richard Harris died. I, he died. Yeah. He died very quickly into the filming of it. I, I don't think they had to sort of refilm very Sad. much. But he died very quickly. But I kind of like this. No, this I, Dumbledore, I think, yeah, fits Richard, this Rich- one a little bit more. Definitely the third one. I don't know if he he ages as well into the next movies, but I feel like he does do Dumbledore's job good here. I think. I think. Well, yes, and I think it's a, just a testament to the actors going about these roles differently and how. And they both work great. Mm-hmm. And they, they both work great. And uh, I mean, Richard Harris and his career as an actor, if, if anybody hasn't, you know, looked him up and, and all the different things he's done, it, he is one of these extraordinary lives of early, not just Hollywood, but also early stage. And, uh, you know, and, and I mean, he's, he, he's a tremendous, tremendous, one of the great actors of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, and, and yeah, but he was freaking old and he passed yeah. away. R.I.P. But he's yeah. at least immortalized as the first Dumbledore. Sure. All you can absolutely. dream about as an actor. Being hey, hey. <laughs> yeah. I would, I'll take that. Yeah, sure. Right. And so Ron freaks out because he's like, how were you guys just here and then not here for one second? And they're like, honestly, Ron, how can someone be two places at once? And like, they got to explain it to him someday, right? Like, what's At some they, point, maybe, so, eventually. Does he never know? We didn't, we didn't need to see that. Yeah, There's think... another great, that's another great acting moment in there too, by the way. That, that scene where the two of them are there, I mean, not necessarily like it's good acting or whatever, but just in terms of the craft of acting. Yeah. They, they had to do that that take that I'm sure they, they probably did that take, you know, eight times or whatever, or maybe five or six, whatever. And there's nothing particularly guffaw funny about that line, but they're clearly directed to really laugh, yeah. you know, from a belly play. So there's some serious technique going on with um, Emma Watson and, and Daniel Radcliffe yeah. about, about making they're themselves laugh. They're all very talented, to be honest. They're, yes, know, there's not really a bad actor in the Harry Potter series, I feel that's, like. Yeah. yeah. There's some weird they, they, direction, but there's not any bad actors. So then, unfortunately, Lupin is packing up because somebody let it slip. He's a werewolf. By the way, can I just so say this, that how adorable it is that you say werewolf the way you do? It's, no, yeah. it's werewolf. It's werewolf. You say werewolf, werewolf? instead of werewolf. It's oh. I know my parents it's, never, it, my family never corrected me in some words, so I speak like a it's, shame it's permanently. so freaking adorable. It's, it's, like, it's like you're suddenly from Jersey. <laughs> I had to play Virginia Woolf. It's, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> Thank you. But then Harry is like super sad because he's like, we didn't make any difference. Peter escaped, and Lupin's like, what are you talking about? You saved an innocent man. You learned the truth. That is like a oh, difference. Yeah. Oh, Lupin is such a good teacher. I wish I had more Lupin teachers. This in my is true. Life. Yes, this is good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's such a good he, he teaches them the tough stuff. He, he teaches them a lot of good lessons, and he also scolds him when when appropriate, when yeah. thoroughly appropriate. When it's like, no, dude, you did. Yeah. You. But he's also he, yeah, he's optimistic too. He doesn't. He's like even when he scolds, he's like, okay, like here's how we yeah. fix it, right? And he's, he's like, he's like, you should have come to me with this right away. Like you made him. It's it's more like no, you made a really mm-hmm. bad choice. Like you took you took all this on, but you yeah. made a really bad choice. You should have come to me with the map right away because of this. That you know, it's, yeah, he's he truly is. He's actually, and I think he's even he even more looks like a good teacher because frankly, a lot of the other interactions in the in the film, at least that we see of teachers, they're pretty bad. You know. 
yeah. I mean, you know, it's film. like, yeah. um, who's the other, like Lockhart? He's a terrible teacher. <laughs> come on, come on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've I mean, had so many bad ones. And then, and we continue to. Terrible teacher, yeah. Movies. But at least we'll know that we'll meet Lupin again, and Lupin gives back Harry the map, which then never comes into play I again. think, we, yeah, I mean, it does in the books. I know <laughs> they, they use it to... You, yeah, yeah, I don't think it does in the movies. What well, he brings it out um, in the in the uh, sixth uh, um, a book. He brings it out. There's oh. some ways that they use that because he's trying to figure out where Malfoy is going, and he's and he and he so there's sometimes that Malfoy leaves the map entirely. And um, oh yeah, I think then they do use it in the sixth movie, but it's like very. You think it's yeah. going to be so important at the time? It's a bomb <laughs> magical item. These um, are one of these things again. As somebody who's uh, I've played Dungeons and Dragons for longer than you've been alive. Hello. Oh, As you know, and and it's and this is one of these things where it's like, oh, this is a really cool magic item. This is just a really, really kick-ass magic mm. magic item. It's very cool. Yeah, and so then the movie ends that Sirius got him a firebolt. But I'm so confused. How did Sirius get him a firebolt? How does Sirius have money? Did he steal? Well, this he, you know, he probably. The thing is, is that he might have. It's never explained how he gets his first Nimbus. I don't think. I, think I don't know if that was... Yeah, it's never explained, but the theory is is that Dumbledore and McGonagall gave it to him. Yeah, that's um, the theory. That, yeah. But I don't think it's ever fully explained. I mean, you know, again, we don't know anything about Azkaban other than it's guarded by Dementors. I don't know if there's a way that they can communicate and they can arrange for certain things. But but that doesn't make too, seem like it would make too much sense either yeah. because I don't think they would allow... You know, prisoners. I think they would take his the, money too, right? They, it's the government. They probably take all his whatever Sirius had in the yeah, bank. They I, take. I'm yeah, assuming that's hard. Yeah. So, yeah. so Sirius, but Sirius, but that that's true from the book too. I, I have a feeling that that's something that he, you know, at this point because he's on the run and because he actually has people who know the truth mm-hmm. that that he actually was able to do this because he was somebody else kind of bought it anonymously and he paid them back or, or yeah did something, that's you probably know? what happened yeah yeah something like that well, but yeah yeah that's the end of the movie so what did you what were your overall thoughts what would you summarize this as? about yeah I, as i said with this this is one of my um uh favorite movies up in the series um because i think they did make so many and this is a great thing to look at for uh actors and filmmakers in terms of bringing novel uh, you know, the source material of a novel, which is one medium. That's a book. That's its one kind of expressive medium, bringing it to film and the kinds of choices that you have to make visually, the kind of choice. It's a totally different medium. So you have to make a different kind of story. This is a great one because there are so many great moments that, that you know, we covered where they, they just make just wonderful cinematic choices that are consistent with the telling of the story overall, but they're wholly unique to the film. They're not just yeah. you know dialogue pulled in or a scene pulled in from the from the book, mm-hmm. uh, so I think I think that's one of the reasons why this is why it, it makes so many great um, uh, unique choices that, that that are just in the in the movie and not in the book and um, and all of these books are very big and dense and have so much stuff in them that you know throughout the series they made it had to make wholesale changes or else all these movies would be you know four hours long and it's not even the length it's that. The, something that's really, really interesting that's happening in one of these books that's really great and cool just doesn't translate to film as an interesting thing. Yeah. It just doesn't, it just doesn't go anywhere uh, visually. Yeah. So I, I definitely really think that's, uh, uh, that this is a, a really good one. And I think uh, the, the, the thing is actually I think it's so much better than the first two movies. And part of that yeah, it's is... it's funny. It's very funny. 
it's very funny. It's very, it's got so it's really it it really does have a lot of fun mm-hmm. with the fact that they're thirteen, that they're at an age that is is usually so you know socially and sexually complicated and 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 you know just changing your you literally your bits and pieces are changing in, in at this point in your life and in, in in a way that and they they have a lot of fun with that in a in a it's just a great way they do they make some great great choices and you know comparing the way this is done and the some of the direction here to the more childlike uh ham-handedness of of um that uh, Christopher Columbus's uh, directorial choices in the first two films I think it's um I think it's a great it's kind of a great leap forward for the franchise as a whole. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite book and movie? Um, my favorite. This is, I think, overall my favorite movie. Oh, I cool. think this is a. Oh, uh, um, I again because I'm rewatching things with my um, daughter. Uh, I did recently watch the fifth movie mm-hmm. a couple times for the uh, only the second and third times ever. I saw it originally in the theaters, and so and it, that's much much better than I remembered it. Actually, really? Oh, it, I it, thought the the fifth book is my favorite, but I don't love the movie. I it's I really I much better than I remembered it because there were there are a couple of there are a couple of choices that they make again for the you know those cinematic versus uh, literary choices that they make that are very I understand why they make them and everything, but they're very jarring compared to the book. They, so mm-hmm. there were some big choices that they had to make in the fifth movie. Uh, and I'm seeing them for the second time. I was like, oh, they work much better as their own thing than I originally thought. When I when I originally saw it, it was it was just so much different than the book that that was just jarring. But they actually just work much better. And I think it. Uh, um, I, I so I, I think those are you know that might be kind of my my two favorite ones. But this is this is my favorite uh, uh, movie Yay. in the uh, well, in the series. I'm so glad overall. you got to talk about it. Is there anything you would like to plug yeah. or say? I'll attach your links below so people can follow you. Sure. Talk. I'm I'm exactly as successful as 95% of the actors in this uh, industry are in that I'm not I, I'm not doing anything. Um, I, it was great with you. I'm sure you've plugged the um, just a little short film that we did. Uh, um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, hell is a Zoom call. That was a lot of fun. Um, uh, I I'm I, you know hire me. I'm freaking awesome. You know, and I and yes. certainly <laughs> so I does great work. Yeah, it's out there. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. A uh, genuine pleasure. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, as you know, I release an episode every Friday. I might end up doubling it. We'll see. Just if you want to support us, please donate on the links below. Please follow Curtis on his stuff. I will actually also attach the link to uh, the Zoom short we were in. Luke, who was also on previous podcast, was in that as well. Hopefully, I'll have the other people who were in that short on the podcast too because they're amazing uh yeah so i guys i hope you enjoyed and see you next week at friday